0: Hello, and welcome to episode 2 of Dispatch, a 911 podcast. I'm your host, Rachel, aka Burn That Bridge, and it gives me great pleasure that this episode is going to feature a call with the incredible Hatalove. You might know Hatalove, or Chris, from Tumblr or from her amazing fanfiction on AO3. It's really special for me to be having Chris as the first guest on the podcast. Because Chris is actually one of the very first, if not the very first person that I followed on Tumblr specifically for 911. So it means a lot to me to have her on as the first guest so early in this podcast when she was such an early and integral part of my 911 experience. The interview is a long one. So in the show notes, I've included timestamps so that if you want to, you can jump ahead to particular discussion topics, or if, for example, you want to avoid listening to us talking about one of Chris's fics because you want to avoid spoilers for that fic, then the timestamps are there that you could avoid that as well. I also just want to apologise that in the interview there's a couple of instances where the audio goes a bit funny. I'm still getting used to both the recording software and the editing software, so I am sorry about that. I've also got some content warnings for this episode. In the call, we talk about typical injury, there are mentions of death, we talk about therapy, depression, postpartum depression, addiction, and we also talk about homophobia and internalised homophobia. And although the discussion itself is not explicit, we do talk about sex. If you'd like timestamps for when these topics specifically come up, then please just let me know. Chris gives some recommendations for creators and their fan works at the end of the interview. I've put the links to these works and to the creators in the show notes. I've also put Chris's links and the links to those of her works that we discussed in the show notes. Please go and give her some love and also check out the creators that she's recommended. I hope you really enjoy the interview and without further ado, here is Dispatch's first ever call. (laughs) Okay, so today I'm joined by Hatalove or Chris. Hi, and welcome to Dispatch. It's fantastic to have you on. I wanted to say, just before we get started, that uh, you made your Hatalove account on AO3 uh, in 2012, I
1: believe? Yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah, and I assume, did you make your Tumblr a, a similar time?
1: Around, I think it was 2011, but yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so you've been involved in that for a long time. Um, we're going to talk about your fan fiction a lot today and I want to say you've got 62 works on AO3, which is a huge number across three different fandoms. So, Glee, One Direction, <laughs> and of course, 911, yeah. which is the, what we're here for today. And that includes 38 works uh, in the 911 fandom. And as I say you're also on Tumblr under the same name. Uh, and there you're posting about the show. Uh, and sometimes you've got some gifs and sort of uh, poetry edits, picture edits, and things like that about 911. And also, just uh, I like you have a bit of commentary about the show on there as well, which is great.
1: Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I have intelligent thoughts. <laughs> well, you have a
0: lot more intelligent thoughts than I do. I have hardly any <laughs> thoughts. So I just follow everybody else's thoughts on Tumblr, which is one of the nice things about it. So, yeah, it's amazing for me to be able to welcome you. the show so thank you so much for agreeing to come on
1: no thank you for having me this has been i've been i've been checking on because you released the first episode yesterday so i've been checking on the notes on that and i was like wow you know this is really cool like people are you know like receptive yeah it's it's been really exciting
0: it's been a really nice response and it was a really nice response i got from everybody like you and other folks included like when i mentioned doing it because Mm. I wasn't sure if there was really an appetite for it, but I was like, I need something to fill this gap <laughs> of time before yeah. season six starts. So it's it's been really great. So I wanted to start us off by talking about the show to begin with, uh, and the first thing I wanted to know was to hear from you how you found nine one one and how you got into
1: the show. Right. Um, I'm not sure that I remember like when I first um, encountered it. Um, I have a friend um, from kind of the One Direction fandom, and we've kind of been, we've changed fandoms a million times. Uh, But I have a friend I follow on Twitter, and she would always uh, live tweet the episodes. And if I was awake at that time, which I usually am, um, at like 2am or something, I would see the live tweets kind of without context, just her talking about these people. Um, And then 4.13 came around. And then suddenly, like the entire internet, it seemed was full of, you know, the shooting scene. Yes. And so, <laughs> so that's when it kind of entered my subconscious as like, like truly as like a thing that exists and the shooting as a thing that happened. Um, and then I think I tweeted something like, I don't really follow, like, I don't keep up with Bucket Eddie uh, or like only peripherally because I don't have the time to watch the show. But why did they do that to them? <laughs> you know? <laughs> And then then that week between 413 and 414 I was kind of teetering and then 414 came out and I saw a clip of the legal guardian scene on Twitter and I watched that and I was like oh okay <laughs> this is this should not be legal to put on television and then I think I think I read my first fake like literally that night so that was how I got my start <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So
0: when was that? When did four fourteen air? When was when was the end of season fourteen? Uh, season four, even. I think it was
1: like end of May last year or something yes, like that. Yes, that's right.
0: Yeah, because I think I'm trying to think. Because as I mentioned in the first episode, I got into it because I'd seen gifts on Tumblr, but I was really on Tumblr in that sort of March. To me, like that sort of time mm-hmm. period. So, I'm wondering if I actually saw gifs of the shooting without context and didn't really understand what was going on because it's actually one of my biggest like regrets is that I wasn't in the fandom yeah. at the time because I'm like, well, one I think actually is probably good because I actually think the stress would have killed me if I'd seen episode 13 live and had to wait yeah. a week for episode 14. um But I kind of wish I'd been around because I'm sure it must have been a wild time. So,
1: that's you kind of you caught the end of that then sort of yeah I saw again I wasn't really on tumblr at the time I was kind of just not really there was nothing really happening so I wasn't on there very much I remember seeing some gifs but mostly I was on twitter and on twitter I had a couple of mutuals who were really into the show and they were kind of tweeting throughout the week (laughs) about it yeah so I got I just got like a little aftertaste of the insanity that must have been going on during that week (laughs)
0: Yeah, and then from that, did you jump into the fan fiction, or did you get
1: into Tumblr then, or what was the kind of your process? No, it, was, it did start with, with fanfic because that was kind of my go-to. That's the easiest thing I feel like to get into, you know? Like, you, you see the legal guardians and you're like, okay, I'm going to read some fanfic about these two. Um, and then you go into AO3 and you sort by kudos and then you go from there. <laughs> yes. um, you were talking in the, in the first episode, like you were saying that you got into the fanfic first as well. And yeah. then it took a little while for you to watch the show. And I was the same uh, because I, I didn't really, like, have the, the attention span, I felt like, at the time to, like, watch, like, four seasons of a show. But I got into the fake, and then I was like, "Oh, I love them! Like, I want to know more about them." Um, but I gave myself like an ultimatum because I was writing a, a manuscript at the time. I was writing a book, so I told myself, "I can, I can, I have to finish the book." And then when I finish the book, I can watch 911. <laughs> this was in May, and it took me until mid-August to finish the book, and then I watched 911. So for like two, three months, I just read fake, and then yeah. finally, I allowed myself <laughs> to watch the show.
0: I think my time between starting reading Fick and actually watching the show was much shorter than it is in my head because when I was looking at the timings <laughs> I thought it took me way longer but I started reading Fick in like middle of August and I had mm. I started watching the show in the middle of September but it's funny because to me it feels like it was a longer time period but it wasn't but you're I'm the same as you like I find it really easy to like just pop on AO3 if you've seen something interesting Uh, and have a look at what the fan fiction is and there's no guarantee that I will necessarily watch it so this has been kind of uh, a sort of unusual occurrence for me
1: to actually to
0: actually go out and get into the show
1: yeah and it's I think you you mentioned also um that you thought that you, like, had a good kind of grasp of what was happening in the show. And that was the same. I was like, oh, well, I've read, I will have read probably, like, 700,000 words of fanfic by then. Like, I read all the all the big ones. Like, I was on page, like, 50, sorted by kudos. And I'd read everything. So I was like, oh, well, I, I probably have a pretty good idea, like, of, like, their characterization and, like, of what kind of goes on. And I started watching the show. And it's, you know, I was like, no, actually, I don't, have, I had yeah. no idea.
0: You realize how much you don't know. For me, it was like, I knew that season... I knew that Eddie wasn't in season one. So I knew that season one was going to be different. But the biggest surprise for me, and it sounds so ridiculous, but the biggest surprise for me was how big of a character Athena is. Because she's not really in a lot of the fan fictions because it's so focused around the firehouse. And it's so, all the ones I'd read were, were buddies, so it's so focused around if they're not at the firehouse, they're, like, at Eddie's house or something yeah. like that. And so I was like, oh my gosh, Athena's, like, a main character. And, like, I remember in season one, like, I just loved her. I was like, oh, she's great. Like, I just, and that was such a surprise for me because she hadn't, she just kind of seemed like a side character from the from the fan fiction. so that was one of the biggest things like for me was to discover that like oh it's not just the firehouse it is also like dispatch and like athena and like the rest of the families as well so it's funny what you think yeah what you think the kind of small bubble that fan fiction can sometimes like fall into um you obviously as i say similar to me fan fiction first then the show yeah. What made you actually watch the whole like what made you carry on like start the show, carry on finish the show, and like now be awaiting season six?
1: Oh, I don't know i just there's a there's just something just magical about them i will I will say that I am of the clown persuasion, meaning that I am convinced that Canon Buddy is happening, oh yes, me too, me. <laughs>
0: I, should, I probably should have said that in the first episode, yeah. I should have been like, I am in the clown car with the doors <laughs> yeah. locked with the wig yeah. on and the nose and the shoes. And I, I, sometimes I like, I unlock the door and then I feel guilty. So I lock it again. Yeah. So I'm like, no, 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 it's happening. <laughs> so. Yes,
1: yeah, so I think that that's probably part of that, because I've never really been like convinced in any of the shows that I've watched, you know, over the years, it's never really felt like it was anything but what like I was making up in my head. Um, or kind of like wishful thinking type of thing. Yeah. But in with 911 or with Buddy specifically, I feel like it actually genuinely has kind of um like we're we're not just imagining things. Um no. so that was that was part of it. And then then I don't know, I mean, it is the, the whole show is just so warm, you know, even with season five, which was like misery and heartbreak. <laughs> um but it's still, you know, because the, the core of it is like the love that these people have for each other. And there's something really just affecting and kind of really charming about that. And it feels, it, it never kind of, it doesn't feel like it's too cool almost, which is, you know, it doesn't like, it's not afraid to be really genuine, um, which I, I really liked. So I, I actually genuinely enjoyed the show as well. But the first, the first um, time that I watched it, I've rewatched it once now, but the first time that I watched it, I was also like live tweeting and stuff. So it, it took okay, me forever. Yeah. Um, but it was like, there was so much to take in. So I, I feel like I didn't really get until the second rewatch, which had just finished like a couple months ago, but I didn't really feel, I, I feel like I didn't get everything the first time around. But yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's just a good show, you know? It just, is a good show.
0: <laughs> this is the thing, like my, my sibling is confused because they don't really, they're not really into fandom at all and anything like this. And whenever I come to them and try to talk to them about like, anything to do with fandom they're like baffled but they're like really baffled about nine they're like how did you get into this like u.s (laughs) network show that you have to sit up at 2 a.m if you want to watch live and i'm like tumblr tumblr got me in and then i stayed for the characters like and for the show so um yeah it's a bit it's a it's a weird one it's it's a weird one i think but um it's funny how, like, how a similar sort of experience with, with the show because I, yeah. I love how it's quite fun but then at the same time it's also extremely hard hitting and it's just for me as, as I mentioned in, in, in the first episode of the show I like the found family uh, and the actual family but like the blended family type aspect of it as well is a, is a big thing for me.
1: Oh god, can I just shout out Michael's storyline in season one? Because um, watching it the second time around, just just recently, it just made me realize how amazing it is. Yes. Because the, the first time when I was taking everything in and I was like, where's Eddie? Where's Eddie? Like, <laughs> I was really like, focused on like, oh, when, when is the buddy of it all going to happen? Yes. But the second time around, it just it made me cry. Like every episode It's just so beautifully done, and the way they craft it later on as well, the way they kind of blend, like you said, you know, him and Bobby and Athena and the kids, it's just so amazing. Like it's one of the one of the best parts of the show, actually. I
0: think. Oh, it is, and yeah. I, and I I think I didn't like remember until I was rewatching season one how early like they literally introduce it immediately that storyline, and I it's so impressive the way they did it, and yeah that the way they have him and um like bobby and michael's relationship later on is really important to me so i'm very sad that we had to have the exit uh of michael in season 5 but it is what it is i suppose but it was amazing while it lasted
1: yeah i miss him so much like i just started rewatching season 5 and even in season 5 in the beginning he's just so like him just being there he's such a i don't know he's so warm yeah <laughs> so i just miss him when i was talking about my favorite
0: episodes in the last uh, in the last episode of the podcast i was like oh i never even remembered about the episode where they have that scene where michael and bobby team up to try and solve the crime and they're like in the dumpster and i was like that actually is probably one of my absolute top moments in the whole show it's so silly but just them like they're just them their antics together is amazing so
1: yeah, that scene where it's like Michael's waiting for his partner in whatever it is, charades <laughs> or whatever they're playing. It's just, it's so cute. And I'm I'm <laughs> so obsessed with it.
0: <laughs> oh no, they're so cute. But it's it's funny what you're saying about how you were waiting. In season one, you're like waiting for Eddie. Because I, as I mentioned, I, I voiced, made myself voice notes after <laughs> I watched a couple of the episodes. And I re-listened, I wa- listened to the one recently where I ju- I made after I'd seen... Uh, the last episode of season one and the first episode of season two and uh, in the last episode of of season one I'm like talking to myself about how in the episode I was like when it, when Abby's leaving uh, and Buck is obviously devastated apparently I was telling myself that when I, when I watched that episode I just sat there going it's alright Buck we're <laughs> gonna get you your husband we're gonna get you your husband in the next episode we're gonna get you your husband yeah. and I'm like my neighbours, if they could hear me when I was watching that <laughs> show, because I bet I was actually saying that out loud. My neighbours must have been like, what is going on in that apartment? Like, seriously.
1: <laughs> or just invested, you know? Yeah,
0: overly invested.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, so what I wanted to ask as well is, you kind of touched on that in terms of what, what why you stuck with the show. But things that you like, is the thing you like best about the show then the kind of the warmth of it and the the love and the family aspects with the characters
1: uh yeah I'd say so I mean part of it was also I, I forgot to mention why I stuck with it was also that I just like fell in love with Eddie which is not difficult to yeah. do you know but you just like and he was he was so hyped up in my head obviously um and then I had to wait for him another season so it was like even more kind of anticipation and then I met him and I was like oh that is that is he the love of my life yeah. <laughs> so um but yeah I think over overall about the show I just yeah I think I think the I guess the vibe, because there's so many kind of procedural shows and kind of shows that do the, you know, whole kind of different calls and stuff that you go out to, but not all of them are, I feel like, that good at maybe handling that format and balancing it with the kind of long term development of the characters. Um, And one of the things about the calls on 911 specifically uh, is that they, just make them so like emotionally affecting immediately, and I've n- never really experienced that. by the um, what episode was it? Was that Wednesday ever where, in the plane? Oh, the, the plane, where, yeah. Where where the guy calls in with the voicemail that made me sob like a baby, and I don't usually even like I don't cry that often at like TV or movies and things, but I was I was just crying by like episode four. So they get you so invested in these people, you know, even just. so early on and so just for
0: just such short amounts of time with the calls yeah yeah it's it is impressive that they do it and you're right I I think like when I was younger I used to watch a lot of like I used to watch like CSI and things like that (laughs) that's the type of show I was I watched the most of and I always like I found that those those types of shows easier to watch because there wasn't much character development that happened with the main characters it was always like the episode was very heavily focused on the the case or the crime in those cases and then sometimes it would take sort of absolutely ages like seasons for anything to actually happen <laughs> to the characters but with nine one one, I feel like they as you say they have such a good balance like they have both really interesting and uh, emotional cases and some hilarious ones as well yeah. but then they also have a lot of character development for the main characters in every single episode um yeah. and i've never really seen it done like that uh very rarely
1: yeah it feels like it it feels feels richer for it you know and it also feels like um obviously it's not a cop show and it's usually cop shows have all the dead bodies and stuff but yeah. you know those shows sometimes watching them just kind of makes you forget but it's about, like, people, like, everybody who dies, you know, is like a person. Um, and I feel like nine hundred and one is, is really good at, even with the funny calls, like, not necessarily, you know, making fun of the people they're helping. No, yeah. I feel like, and I feel like that's, um, that kind of goes along with the way the characters approach, like, their jobs, you know, because they're all kind of helpers and healers and they they're really, really good people, you know, at their core. And they just, like, they want to help, even if it is, you know, something really stupid.
0: Yeah, like somebody trying to climb out of a window about <laughs> a date gone very wrong.
1: Yeah. I love that call. That call's so funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're right. Because you are right. Most of the procedural type shows are cop type shows. And mm. then there is a lack of the human aspect because the human is dead most yeah. of the time. Especially with CSI, which is as I yeah. say was my kind of main thing. And it is, I suppose, yeah, it's it's a good a good showcase of like the emergency responders are, are such a good showcase of the good that they can do and mm. the help that they can give um and so it's a really it's a really like for me I find it a really special show in that way
1: yeah
0: so you kind of mentioned there that your favorite character or that you fell in love with Eddie so is he your favorite character then oh yeah absolutely <laughs> and that's an easy is that an easy question for you then yeah. <laughs> favorite character. okay I don't I don't feel so bad then about my me being like it's very easy for me to say that Buck's my favourite character. Yeah, I know. But I want to ask a couple of other sort of trickier questions. So I'll, I'm going to ask this as like one one question, but with two parts, because I feel like it's, it's helpful to know both of it. So firstly, what's your favourite scene in the whole show? And what's your favourite episode? So whole episode versus favourite scene. They could, I suppose technically your favourite scene could come from your favourite episode, but in case they're not the same and in case it makes yeah. a difference, favourite scene and then favourite episode.
1: See, I tried to think about this when I listened to to the first yeah. episode and you, you were kind of trying to pick yours, so I tried to pick mine and I just got nowhere. Um, but I think actually my favourite scene, um, I might be influenced by the fact that I just saw a gift set of it like yesterday, but... Um, the scene at the end of buck begins where bobby delivers buck to eddie like they're married um <laughs> that yeah. just it makes me just claw at the walls it is just so it's so loud the way it ends this kind of whole arc of you know buck kind of finding who he is and not knowing who he is etc cetera, etc cetera, all that you know really kind of hard-hitting emotional heavy stuff and then you get the team coming to rescue him and he gets his moment with Bobby and with Athena and with Hen. But then he gets a separate moment with Eddie and it's that moment. And it's it's about, like, explicitly about being known. And it just, like, when Eddie looks at him real gentle, it is just, I just can't cope with it. <laughs> Eddie's got to stop.
0: Well, I don't want him to, but he's got to stop looking at him real gentle <laughs> because Honestly. I can't cope with it.
1: <laughs> Honestly. Yes, yeah, so I feel like I just... I come back to that scene so frequently it's probably I mean I would probably give a different answer tomorrow but it's one of those questions that you know it depends on your current kind of emotional like where you are emotionally definitely one of your top scenes then definitely yeah, yeah. yeah and then I was thinking about like my favorite episode and I just that's so hard um I thought of 414 or mm-hmm. four thirteen because they're obviously, I mean, they're the episodes. Yeah, <laughs> and like four fourteen has it all. Like it has the buck breakdown and him staying with Chris and the, oh, the legal no, guardian sure scene. Oh and- <laughs> yeah.
0: no! You're gonna make me change what my favorite what my <laughs> yes. favorite scene is now. Could <laughs> be like Cena's him in Chris's now. room crying to Chris. Like <laughs> it's so
1: much. Um, yeah, but also I was thinking about I think season three. Possibly because I wasn't here for it. Obviously, it feels really underrated to me sometimes. Mm. Um, especially not to be spicy, but the lawsuit arc is actually so great, <laughs> and I'm a big fan of it. And that, like that, that kind of triptych of episodes, like triggers, rage, and monsters, is is actually really great. Like when I watched it recently, kind of back to back, I was like really impressed by the way the story kind of weaves through, even though it feels a bit short um, for. Everything that they crab in there, um, but that's that's also one of the one of the ones that I really like. And then there's the you know the classics like like Jinx and Treasure Hunt and things. But like the episode that I would say immediately, like somebody who like doesn't know or somebody who doesn't care to to hear me go on about this for five minutes, um, if somebody just asked me like, "What's your favorite episode?" It, my immediate answer would be Stuck because that's the episode that I just put on. Like if I'm like, I want to have nine one one on. I don't necessarily want to focus on it I just want it to have it on like as a kind of comfort type thing I would always go to Stuck because that episode is just like I, I see the opening montage of, of Eddie and Chris yes. getting ready and it just I just have a smile around my entire head because it's so sweet it is such a good episode I rewatched,
0: as I mentioned I'm doing a re-watch with my parents which is what first time watch for them and we saw Stuck not that long ago and I well, I just remember I was excited for Eddie to be introduced anyway, yeah. but like I've been trying to not make it obvious that I ship Buck and Eddie to my mum mm-hmm. because she knows what I'm like, so I feel like <laughs> I could very easily figure it out. And I didn't want her to like. I thought like if she knows that I ship them, then she's gonna like sh- she's that's gonna color the way she views this yeah. show. She's mm-hmm. gonna wonder what on earth is going on with Shannon and like you know things like that. So. I was like she can't know she can't know (laughs) but I still before Eddie joined I was like I was like can I give you a spoiler about this episode and she was like uh and I was like can I just tell you we're about to meet my second favorite character and I was like I've probably given it away just by telling her that but when we watched Stuck like every like every time we're about to watch an episode which is almost every episode we watch like when I'm like this is a good episode and I'm excited I get like practically vibrating to show my parents (laughs) and then like they're just watching it like it's a normal show. And I'm trying to act (laughs) like I'm a normal person while we watch these episodes. We literally, we're about to watch the last episode of season two. um, But it's going to be a couple of weeks now till I go back to visit. So, And I'm literally already desperate for the tsunami arc. Like, I'm so impatient for us to watch that. Um, But yeah, when we watch Stuck, I just like... I, I just wanted, I wanted my mom to pick up on it on her own. Like, look at, look at Buck doing everything possible to assist. But of course, like, it's just like normal people don't pick up on these things. So I'm also, like,
1: But even without that, you know, it's just so, like it, it's so, it's such a great Eddie episode, but it's also such a great Fire Fam episode yes because it's you know like chris at the firehouse is just it's so cute so much joy he's so adorable the scene in the truck where he just has his little little hand on like eddie's leg it's so cute but you know and the the scene with bobby as well like i remember crying about that the first time i saw it because he's you know they're just watching eddie like work and bobby's just being so i know
0: standing with chris with yeah that's so they are all adorable with him um it is, as you say, and the beginning, the beginning montage with the two of them is, yeah. as you say, is, is so adorable.
1: It makes me so happy. It's just, oh yeah, As one want to them. <laughs>
0: yeah, I feel like I've seen a lot of uh, like clips that I've not seen as part of the rewatch, but like when I'm making gifts, then I'm constantly, I always, whenever I need. Um, a section from like the Eddie begins episode. I have to watch. I can't just go in there and be like, I need these screenshots for the GIF. I just have to watch the little like when he's almost drowning montage, and that's got stuck. loads of the clips yeah. from stuck in it because there, there is that that all the cute scenes with Chris. And so I feel like that's the bit of the show I've seen the most, but not in Stuck, in Eddie Begins. I've seen the clips from Stuck in Eddie Begins because I cannot skip that part of the episode, even if I just go there to get like five screenshots or something. I'm like, no, I can't leave. I need to watch
1: this first. So, yeah, I I have those too. Like, when I mean, I don't make gifts that often, but like, if I do, and if I'm in a specific episode, sometimes it's like, well, I would have to rewind (laughs) and like watch this whole part. Can't do anything about it. Sorry. No, exactly. But that's the
0: thing, uh, it is really hard, I think, to pick a favourite scene and a mm. favourite episode. So thank you for being a good sport and giving it a go. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we'll come back to talking about the show specifically a little bit later. But what I wanted to do now is talk about your fic writing. Because as right. you say, you do um, some gif making and some other things on Tumblr. But the main thing that I feel like you're known for is the fic because... As we mentioned at the beginning, you've written loads of fiction for nine one one. I this is a caveat about me that I want to make you know, just to kind of give you an idea, and I think you already know this about me, but I have a system uh, on Ao3 for how I
1: bookmark. <laughs> yes, I do know this. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so my general rule of thumb is, in order to keep my bookmarks a manageable size, I try to only bookmark one fic per author. Now, obviously, that doesn't always work because sometimes. You bookmark a fic by an author and then they post another fic and it's like equally as good or it's even more amazing. And so you have to add that other fic to your bookmarks. I don't I'm not really mean to myself and like force myself not to bookmark something if I feel like it needs to be in there. But I try to keep myself to one bookmark per author, and I usually am pretty good at that. There's a few authors where I have like maybe two, maybe three, maybe four fics of the same author in my bookmarks. I've got 20 (laughs) of your fics in my bookmarks. Not 20. 20, 20, 20. And and I think I'm more strict with myself about you (laughs) because I know I open one of your fics and I go, I can't put this in my bookmarks. (laughs) I, I cannot put this in my bookmarks. And so I think I'm constantly like, extra harsh about whether or not it's getting bookmarked and there's still 20 like there's (laughs) I remember when I realized because I don't think I initially I when I first bookmarked your very for the first fic I read don't think I realized when I was reading the next one that it was yours immediately and then I I was like I've bookmarked like three fics now in a row of yours that I've read and I was like I have to I really have to stop but I just (laughs) feel like that's a if anybody, for any reason, hasn't read any of your fic uh, and is wondering if they should, that's my advertisement. My <laughs> system has been completely derailed. I'm Sorry. furious about it, uh, except for how I'm not furious about it, because obviously what it means is that you've written so much amazing fic that it all needs to be bookmarked. But sometimes I go in and I'm like, I should just bookmark this now before I've <laughs> even read it, because I know what's going to happen. Um but yeah, as I say, I think I try to be stricter, and I still have twenty in there. It's totally you should you should uh, be ashamed. You've totally ruined my system.
1: <laughs> I should stop writing. No,
0: no, 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 no. You, oh no! I'm gonna get, if you ever if you ever do stop you'll be like, it's, it's Rachel's fault. She told Chris that she'd ruined her system. Um, but the first pick I wanted to talk to you about the first fic you wrote for, or at least the first fic you published uh, for nine one one, which was uh, "I Don't Swim and You're Not in Love," uh, which is a long one shot that you posted in September. And I was interested today. I was like, "Hmm, wonder when I read that fic." And I read it the same day you posted it because my, oh my bookmark no. is dated from that day. So. that's the first fic of yours I read and I think I actually legit read it on the day that you posted it Uh, and bookmarked it on the day that you posted it (laughs) and um, so that one is as your uh, summary uh, sort of boils it down to just for anybody that's not read it is uh, Eddie Cook's Chris domesticates a slug and Buck tries to figure out why he hates his best friend's girlfriend to everyone's immense shock and surprise it goes badly um <laughs> and uh, as i say that's a that's like a long one shot so that's like just over 30 like 32,000 words and i really love that fic and always remember when i read it because it was one of the first i think it was probably one of the first new fix that i read if that makes sense because i only Mm -hmm. got into reading the fan fiction at sort of mid end of august and to begin with i was like you i was in i was sorting by kudos i was reading all the fix that already existed um and i think this was one of the very first ones i read that was had like recently, or as I checked today, I literally just been <laughs> yeah. posted. Um, so although that's the first fic that you posted for nine one one, was that also the first one you wrote, or did you write anything else before that never saw the light of day, or that saw <laughs> the light of day later on?
1: No, no, no that was that was the first that was the first one I wrote. Yeah, just started writing it and then finished writing it and I published it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's amazing. I think if that's the the very first one that you wrote, because so this is a a a book pov fic and i Mm -hmm. feel like you just write him effortlessly it certainly felt that way did it feel effortlessly when you were writing
1: it i feel like that entire fic actually did kind of feel effortless because i didn't plan to write it like i didn't plan like i didn't enter this fandom planning to write at all because i hadn't written for fandom for five or six years or something like that um but it was literally like it just like demanded to be written you know i had these little like snippets in my head of scenes and i was like okay i guess i guess i'm gonna write a fake and it just kind of offered itself from buck's pov so that part kind of came naturally but as for like kind of like capturing him as he is um i don't know i I don't think i thought too hard about it because i felt like i didn't have anything to like lose not that it's not the life in that situation. Obviously, it's fan fiction, but you know, nobody like knew me or anything. I hadn't published anything before, so I was just like, you know, if I get this a little bit wrong, that's fine. Like, you know, people are not gonna like it or people aren't gonna read it. Like, it's not the end of the world. Uh, so I feel like I didn't overthink it the way I overthink things now. Uh, I just kind of, kind of published it. But it is, it is, it did feel quite easy initially. It was easier for me to write Buck than Eddie because he's so there are so many emotions inside him. You can kind of tell, even if you can't tell what those emotions are, I feel like you could always tell kind of that he's feeling emotions, whereas Eddie's more kind of obviously uh, repressed. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So it it felt easier at the time. Now probably is the reverse, but at the time it kind of came, I guess it did kind of come naturally, I suppose.
0: No, that's so cool. Because yeah, I I suppose, as you say, at the time you didn't have the audience that you have now. Mm And so, yeah, I suppose that's potentially one of the the drawbacks of becoming more recognizable name within the fandom is that there are then certain expectations that go along with it.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm not like <laughs> obviously, I don't think that anybody like sits at home and is like, oh, the next love fake that she publishes, like, I wonder if it's going to be in character, and you know, <laughs> I I hope it isn't. Um, like, obviously, I don't think anybody. Uh, things like that but it it just and i don't think there's any like nobody's ever actually pressured me obviously because people don't really do that like everyone's really really just lovely and kind to me um Mm -hmm. but it feels you know because you've like published so many things and like people so many people read them it just feels like you know i definitely feel more like oh i have to get this right than i did before when you know nobody knew me (laughs) yeah
0: i think that like i really i've read all of your fic (laughs) Every single, well, all the ones that have been published and a lot of your snippets that you've posted yeah. um, online. And I um, came back to this fic to reread it um, for this interview. And I was still just like, I just love, I've loved everything, as as we've basically pointed out with my bookmark situation, I've loved like everything you've written. Um, but I was just, I was so impressed again, because sometimes I reread fic, and I realized that half of not half, but like a, a bit of the enjoyment I got out of it was that it was new and it was a new story and I never read it before. And um it doesn't oft it doesn't always hold up on a reread to the same level of like magic. I still really enjoy uh Fick often when I reread it, and it's still really entertaining. Um, but sometimes it doesn't quite hit the magic of like that first time reading it. Yeah. Um But this fic, I just I always find like so I always found it when I was reading it the first time around that it was such a such a warm and sort of magical type of fic. And I found that again on the reread, especially like as I say, with with Buck's point of view. Um and just with the, the amount of like detail that you put in, not just to that fic, but into all your fic, I was really um impressed. I'd I'd forgotten how many different scenarios you had even in that that fic. Um so for example with Buck and Eddie, they're cleaning up the sort of sewer spill or the blocked <laughs> sewer drain uh, at Abuela's, and then Eddie makes Buck uh, a comfort meal after he's been in therapy. Um, the 118 respond to a car crash involving like a wedding party, and that's just a few of the things that happen. Uh, I think from like the first half of this fic, which as I say is a long, it's a long one shot, but it's not like uh, like it's not like a full length novel type fic, and that's yeah. still a lot of different. Uh, things that go on um where do you think you get your like ideas from
1: well that's a difficult um question only because I feel like I don't with I don't swim that was like the easiest thing because again I had never written anything before so I didn't have to worry about repeating myself so I could just, I could just be like, you know, I really want to see like a scene where Buck and Eddie, like baby on, you know, and I could just yes. write that. And I wrote, I was like, it's so long. It's like 4,000 words or something. So I wrote that scene, you know, or like. Uh, That's a great
0: scene, by the way. That's on my list of you. things to ask you about. So just going to get that in there. I don't care how long that scene is. A plus scene.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that was, you know, it was kind of, um, I had just finished watching the show. And so it was just, my head was completely just full of it. And it was. All these little things like, oh, I would like to see this. I would like to see that. And because I'd never written a fig before, it was just like, I just grab all of those things and wrangle them into some kind of coherent whole.
0: Yeah. And you
1: know, boom, it's a fig. Um, so with, with that fig, it was, it was a lot easier. And then I feel like, especially recently, I mean, I've been working on a fig for like a month straight and it just feels like all they do is talk. <laughs> always I'm like oh my god like stop talking <laughs> do something go somewhere and they're just in the kitchen talking all is the this time group, is this the group fake? <laughs>
0: yes well isn't that what it's supposed to be about aren't they supposed to be talking yeah. in yeah,
1: fic? I, I yeah, can't I wait. wait
0: for that fic I can't wait so oh, thank
1: you I, I I'm sure you can't it. wait for
0: it to be done
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> very much so but yeah so I I don't really know I mean I don't a lot of the time I start writing, like I, I kind of pitch like the first two or three lines and then it kind of goes elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Like for example, the park scene, like I had, um, I only had a very vague outline for I Don't Swim because again, it kind of came out by itself. Um, but there was, I think I, I just had like some kind of like a group scenario. And then from that, it was like, oh, you know, the kind of group barbecues or whatever that you always read about in fic. And I thought, okay, that that's that's a great kind of setting. But then like the slug thing, like <laughs> Becky the slug. <laughs> yeah, Becky the slug. Um, she just kind of happened, you know, it was just I needed a reason to I think I I, remember I needed a reason to get Christopher away mm-hmm. um, because Buck was going to be all sad and existential about Eddie and Anna. And, and, you know, so I gave him the grapes and then Chris like ran away with the grapes to the slug. And so I just inserted the slug in there for that reason. And then it kind of, you know, coloured the rest of the scene. So it just a lot of the time I'm just sitting there and a, th- a thing will pop up in my brain. And I'm like, OK, well, might as well.
0: Yeah. And I think um, I've actually got I might actually even read it just now because I have a, that, a little bit of that section here, which will be a good example, if you don't mind me reading it. This no, is, no. as you say, just about the about the grapes. So this is yeah. uh, <laughs> that Buck has just given christopher some frozen grapes and he's kind of given them to him as if there's some like illicit thing that he shouldn't be allowed to have and that becomes apparent why that is the case uh, in this bit here because uh you write eddie raises a sharp eyebrow and his eyes are warm as always capturing bucks and not letting go i said no frozen grapes in your freezer buck raises a finger and wonders how obvious it is that he wants to just tip forward and sway into eddie and breathe him in I lovingly froze these at home so your son can have a cold treat on a hot day and I'm getting him to eat fruit. You should be thanking me. Eddie takes a step closer. Somehow his gaze goes softer still. Thanks, Buck, he says, so quiet it barely makes it across the space between them. Buck wonders if he could chance a hug, some kind of official conclusion to these two weeks of torturing himself for absolutely nothing because not a thing has changed about the pull he feels when he sees the light hit Eddie's eyelashes and the bridge of his nose. Nothing has changed about the way Eddie cocks his hip and tilts his head like Buck's a mystery he's trying to solve, or about the fact that Buck wants to put his mouth on every inch of him, or about the crushing, crushing guilt. Not a thing has changed about Eddie, who is devastating in the simple way he gives Buck everything and doesn't expect anything in return. As if she could hear him telegraphing his sad gay thoughts, Anna appears at Eddie's elbow. (laughs) I love that section because this fic, because it's Buck's POV, and as you say, yeah. he feels everything, this is just like peak pining. Like yeah. the whole fic is just Buck in his brain, like desperate for Eddie, hating himself that he's desperate for Eddie, and like trying to not hate Anna because for the simple fact that she's with Eddie and like failing. Um <laughs> and I love that, like, even though this is so much pining. It's also hilarious and I feel bad for laughing because I almost feel like I'm laughing at Buck's expense but I thought you did a really good job with balancing the uh, humour in this too because it it could have just been misery incarnate for Buck the whole way through but like, I really feel like you get it so that as the reader you are feeling his like pain and pining along with him but then the next second you're reading a line like that about <laughs> him telegraphing his sad gay thoughts loud enough that Anna can just sense it uh and you're you're laughing out loud so do you find the humor like does it come naturally to you
1: to write the humor um I don't really know I maybe not naturally but maybe it's like because I used to way 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 back like way back um before I even wrote Fig in English I had this group of like online friends um who wrote Fig for a fandom that I'm not going to mention. But um, but they were all just, I just thought they were the most hilarious people to ever walk the earth. And I just wanted to be like them so bad. And so I, every time I wrote, I just tried so hard to be funny. Mm-hmm. And I think this was when I was like 14 or something and I'm 26 now. So for the past 12 years, I've just been trying so hard to be funny all the time that um, I have to kind of consciously like try to put in the humor, but at the same time, it's, it's difficult to balance it. Like, for example, that section that you just read, right? Because it gets kind of really, it gets really sad and really like kind of, you know, yearny. And then I always kind of hesitate, like how, because when I want a tonal shift, like how do I execute the tonal shift? You know, like, can I just throw in a sentence like that? Like, is it going to feel natural or is it going to feel like it kind of d- takes the reader out of the scene? Um, so I overthink, I think that part of it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the, the, the kind of the the funniness of the funny parts which mind you i i'm always like i don't think this is funny and people tell me it's funny yes. so i don't i don't always do it consciously um but yeah sad gay thoughts obviously that that is a that is a deliberately kind of meant to be funny type yes. of line yeah um but yeah i don't i don't always i don't know i, I do i do overthink it most of the time because i i, I don't know i've just been trying to be funny for so long that I don't think it's possible for me to like not be trying to be funny you know because <laughs> I just I just want people to think that I'm hilarious <laughs> I think it comes across really naturally like obviously That's as you good. say in,
0: in that it, in that particular mm-hmm. excerpt that I just read it, it's clear that you've, you've put that in like you've deliberately placed that line there to give yeah. that kind of tone shift and it fits in well with what I feel like is what Buck's internal sort of monologue would be like um, but it doesn't it doesn't feel overdone and obviously you don't do that type of thing every single time you're making something funny and I feel like a lot of uh the humor comes across very effortlessly so even if you are trying and doing it deliberately it doesn't it doesn't read that way to me like at all
1: I do sometimes get lost like when I'm writing a scene and I'm like 2,000 words in and it's just been sad I'm like this is too sad like what what do I do (laughs) yeah and so it's when I run up to those moments it's like do I try to be subtly funny do I like shift the mood via something else like do I have them like be interrupted or something I know if anybody's noticed this I'm going to expose myself but they get interrupted so much in my fake because that's the only device that I have (laughs) never I've never noticed that like no I can't I'm gonna I'll maybe look for it
0: now but yeah no I can't say I've ever I can't say I've ever thought oh Chris is
1: always having them interrupted by somebody, and (laughs) these. But yeah, it's just the the most because sometimes I just get like bogged down in it, and I'm like, this is miserable, and like I don't want the reading experience to be miserable. Like sometimes, obviously, you have to kind of get through like the hard thoughts and the hard kind of scenes and stuff, but I never want it to feel like gutting, really. So I'm always like, I I either make this funny or I have them interrupted (laughs) or I just end the scene abruptly because it needs it needs you know it, the the reader will need to breathe at this point I feel like yes I know what you mean I suppose yeah
0: because I, I think like I love I do love a bit of I feel like I've been stabbed along with Buck or, or, <laughs> or like you know Eddie whoever it is whichever one of them is that's in deep misery or they both are yeah. um yeah sometimes you need to just like and we'll maybe come to this later on when we talk about um tell me about despair um because I had to take breaks with that fic at certain points and things like that but I know what you mean as you you say the the reader needs to the reader needs to have a a a, a reprieve from the misery sometimes (laughs) I think in addition like to the the humor that you do so well um I just think your standard of writing is so amazing, so incredible and that you write not just buck in this uh, fic but it, the other characters within a buck point of view but then also the other points of when you're in Eddie's point of view in in later fics and things like that um that you write them so well and that your prose is really good too and I I feel like you evoke real feeling um with that and um I was wondering you're saying that um you write you were writing a manuscript before you allowed yourself to watch the show uh and I believe you went to like university for like writing related or English like literature related uh, yeah so do you think that that like that background has helped you with your writing
1: uh, definitely in part I mean I have um like for my bachelor's I have a minor in journalism and creative writing which was one subject and they didn't allow us to split it so I had to I only took I think I took a total of like three creative writing classes um and it wasn't really like the the actual practice of writing they didn't really tell me anything I didn't already know but the thing that I the thing that I did learn there was how to um, make it through somebody workshopping and writing without wanting to scream. <laughs> um, which is still, it's still not something I, I seek out. I don't like nobody like beta reads my fake because I just don't want people to see it. <laughs> until Before it's like, you put it out on the internet like exactly, everybody see it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so, so yeah, so maybe, maybe not that part, but I feel like, um, because I, well, I have a, I have a bachelor's in English and I have a master's in English as well. Um, and, uh, before I went to university, cause I went to university in the UK and I'm also not from the UK. I'm from Eastern Europe. Um, I had never written like an essay ever in my life. Um, I didn't really know because, okay. cause that's not part of the school system here. Yeah, really. okay, yeah. Um, so I didn't really know like how to do that, like how to structure that type of writing, et cetera, et cetera. I didn't really know what English was because I was taking my degree. Like mainly for the creative writing and journalism part. Well, mainly for the creative writing part, but they didn't allow us to split it. Um, and I had to pick three subjects. So I picked like intro to Spanish or something that I was going to drop anyway. And then I was deciding what to pick. And I, I picked English without really knowing what it's about, because I'd never taken that kind of English because English here is about learning the language. So I took English. And for the first couple of years, I was like, what is close reading? Like, what is, how does a text, what, what do I do with this? And then uh, as as I kind of did it, and I I got some practice, I feel like it, it's um that's translated into both like the way I speak and the way I write. In that it it's a little more kind of sophisticated, I suppose. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean when I read like my older writing, like my One Direction fix and things, um it's not I you know I don't loathe it, but I don't like it either. um And I I, I like this writing a little bit better. I feel like when you spend because it's been what six years, so I spent six years kind of analyzing other writers and the way you know the way they construct stories and and kind of what you know how they kind of create a specific impression on a reader without making it obvious that's what they're doing um, that kind of thing like when you when you spent so long thinking about that then I I feel like it has to reflect a little bit in what I write as well so I feel like it's definitely helped me kind of fine-tune I guess my writing
0: yeah and I think you found like your own really distinct like style like I feel like I always know and I'm in one of your fics that it's your fic because it like feels like your fic um <laughs> I don't do that on purpose I don't I don't know how yeah. I do that but it's no, nice <laughs> I, I can imagine that it's yeah you're not it's just it's just the way it comes across naturally um mm. but it's nice like I, I I mean obviously I think it's clear uh from everything I've said <laughs> that I love your writing but I also like the fact that you do have that distinct style, but it's it's like d- very different depending on what what character you're in. As I'll mention later on when we we speak about other fics as well, I think you do a really good job of making the different characters have really distinct voices. But the overall fic, I still think, feels like it's your work. Like I could identify, like, oh, this is a hat love of uh, piece of fan fiction, mm-hmm. um, just because you've got that you've got that kind of your the way you color it, I suppose, the way you have it there.
1: Well, that's really nice to hear because that's one of those things. Like, you know how artists are like obsessed with developing a style. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not necessarily like obsessed with developing a style, but it's kind of like, it's nice to, to think that, you know, somebody might read something of mine and kind of realize it's me just from mm-hmm,
0: just the from writing that. itself. Yeah.
1: Well, I definitely think for me, I definitely think
0: that I can feel a distinct uh, sort of style that mm-hmm. you have. And it is it's really one that I enjoy for sure so what I wanted to also ask like specifically about this fic was there's a particular I'm not going to read out an actual section about it but there's a lot in this fic about Buck being in therapy Um, and there's a particular section where you have him thinking about how he's not a good person Um, he thinks he's not a good person he's like not fundamentally good in the way that he thinks other people are um, and he's thinking to himself about how he's trying to be good, and, and he's kind of thinking about the different things that he does, so like some charity work and things like that. Um, and I thought it was really interesting the way you put it because you have it that he's thinking that he hopes one day that he'll be able to explain to like his people, like the people that he loves, that the reason he was doing those things was to try to be a better person, yeah. and he hopes that. Essentially, he's thinking he hopes that he'll maybe still get to keep them because he somehow seems to think <laughs> as you can it is like perfect buck mindset that everybody's gonna decide that they don't want him anymore because he was trying to be good um it's just like such a a classic buck uh sort of thing, and I really like how I just thought that was so unique the way you sort of phrase that um and then. I'm not going to as I say like won't spoil exactly how but you kind of circle back to this point later on in the fic um and you you mentioned that you didn't have like a massive outline for it when you were doing Mm. this so do do things like that for you like callbacks um do they kind of come in naturally or do you have some degree of planning for like when you're going through writing a
1: fic um what well, depends? I mean, with with this, like I, like I said, I, I, I didn't really. I don't even know. I'm not, I don't know if I know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, That's
0: always going to be the way. No, you definitely like you. You kind of invoke it again later on. That same idea okay, about okay. him being a uh, uh, being good or n- not good. I suppose.
1: Okay, well I, I mean, I believe it it's it's likely that I did that um yeah, just I just can't remember like the specific uh specific section, um but I, I think it's like a fifty fifty mix, I suppose' um I do plan a lot more now, especially the kind of longer fix, um unless the length takes me by surprise, like with the group fix, but <laughs> <sighs> anyway, um. But, yeah, like when I obviously there are some some things that I plan kind of intentionally to be um like circular or kind of refer back to each other mm-hmm. um when it kind of feels appropriate, you know or like this is this is a moment of character growth that I can kind of emphasize by you know calling back to like a time before when the character was you know less less grown. <laughs> yes um so so I do that sometimes but sometimes sometimes uh it does just happen kind of as I'm writing a lot of the time actually especially again with longer fic um I will actually do I'll I'll just do it by accident like I will especially when it comes to um like describing like inner thoughts and kind of sensations and that kind of thing um if I write like I write a section and then a month later I'm writing a section like 30,000 words later and then I read it back and I realized that I described a certain type of feeling in like basically the same way. And so then I just like tweak it a little bit. So it seems like it's intentionally calling back to that, but it's also kind of developed. So sometimes I do it it by accident as well. Um, But the kind of really big kind of emotionally resonant moments I think I try to plan. I mean, there may be, it might be that I've done it sometimes just kind of on impulse, but I can't recall like an example, I guess. No, that's interesting that as well, you're saying that you're kind of
0: your process has changed a bit that you plan yeah. more now than you did before, and I can understand for the for the longer fix that that mm. would be the case um when you're uh planning, are you like a complete outliner, or will you sort of just have an idea of the scenes that you're going by um I'm always interested in in people's processes because as it say I've not written any fic for nine one one but I do a little bit of fan fiction. Writing, and I found for me, I need an outline, but for me, the outline is almost like a word vomit draft mm. um because uh I find that a more helpful thing to do, and so I'm usually just interested in like what other people's processes are for these things,
1: yeah, well, it depends um largely on the length or like the projected length um a lot of, like when I write like a uh, just like a little one shot, like a prompt fill or something. If it's got, like, more than one scene, then I will just write down, like, three bullet points, like, scene one, this happens, scene two, this happens, scene three, this happens, um, just very roughly, like, two, two, three words, whatever, <laughs> just, um, just so that I know vaguely where I'm going or, like, if I have to stop so I remember where I was going in my head, like, the next day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for the longer fic, especially, I mean, the, the outline for the unrepression fic for Tell Me About Despair was six and a half thousand words. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wrote it over like three days in my notes app, because I always write in the notes app um, for, for these things. And I was like, why is this taking me three days? Like, why is it? I'm sitting down and doing this for like three hours a day. Like, why is it taking so long? And then I pasted it into Word. I <laughs> checked the word count. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that'll be why. <laughs> um, and for those, it's, it's, it's definitely kind of a word vomity type of thing it's basically like me me yelling at future me about what i want the scene to convey um because i'm always i'm much more of a i always uh plan based on like the emotional beats that i want to hit as opposed to kind of like the setting or the plot i'm not much of a, of a plot person anyway um yeah so i'll be like i don't know this is a scene in which i want to communicate that i don't know eddie is pining for buck and then i will be um and then i'll then i'll kind of just just start writing a sentence that doesn't end for like 10 lines about, oh, this, this, and this, and this, oh, but this, and then this, you know, and it's just like, whenever I change direction in the sentence, I usually write it in like all caps, just so I know that my, my thoughts are like changing direction, but otherwise it's just, um, it's just kind of like a stream of consciousness thing. Um, and I feel like that that helps me retain like the state of mind that I was in when I was trying to outline it. And I feel like that helps with also maintaining you know the, the the kind of emotional again beat that i'm trying to to hit there so it'll be like again with the with the oppression fig i did a lot of like i did like a um mind map and i did yes kind of like structured things but then the outline itself is just like numbers and, and yelling next to the numbers you
0: know, <laughs> so yeah i think yeah, you posted a picture of the mind map didn't yeah. you uh <laughs> yeah, did. that was so cool it's it's interesting we'll we'll talk more about um tell me about despair later on um, but it's interesting yeah uh, to hear the process and i like that you do it in the notes app as well cuz i i i do i have all my notes for this in the notes app too like i have everything in the notes app and i've done that thing before where you you paste something out of the notes app into word and you're like oh yeah that's why i have to scroll so far to get to the bottom of this whenever i want to add something um so yeah shout out to the notes app for yeah. <laughs> keeping everything in it she's got us <laughs> exactly um so as i said before i Love the scene in this fic where Buck babysits ji yun Part of the reason for that is that in this fic Maddie is as as she is in the show, but this is, you know, set before what we've seen in season five, that Maddie's really struggling with her postpartum depression. And I think you do a really a uh, lovely job of like handling that and how you show, as I say, this is a Buck point of view fic. So you're showing how Buck's thinking about her, how he's, you know, worried about her, the conversations they have. Um, you also showcased like how Chimney is obviously struggling, um, but how both he and Buck are both really trying um, mm-hmm. for Maddie. Um, and as I say, there's this fic also has uh, a lot of emphasis on Buck being in like therapy as well. And as we'll talk about with Tell Me About Despair, which has got a lot of Eddie in therapy. Yeah. Um, was it sort of like important for you when you were writing these sorts of fics to? Uh, make sure that that was like included that the the therapy was included and obviously like the reasons why they're attending therapy or uh, in Maddie's case wh- what she's going through with her condition was it important to you to make that sort of uh, a a big focus of the fix as well I guess
1: I mean maybe maybe not necessarily I don't think I set out necessarily to include it like in the beginning um, I didn't really set out to include anything it just kind of wrote what came to me um with that fic specifically but um it's it's more that if i am going to include say you know chimney and Maddie and and gian um that i don't uh it, because it takes place at some point in season 4 right we we don't really know the sniper hasn't happened because i could not de- deal with that um <laughs> but still you know if if they're going to be in the fake, then i don't want to kind of gloss over it if if they weren't there then I wouldn't necessarily bring them in because the focus would be somewhere else, you know. But because, and especially because it's you know Buck babysitting gian like by himself, um which kind of then calls in a question. Okay, well, why is he you know doing that? I mean, we hadn't really well we have now seen him do it on the show, but those were extenuating circumstances. Anyway, but it's um you know it's it, it's kind of maybe maybe people wouldn't necessarily like question it like why he's doing it, but I didn't want to leave it without the reason Mm -hmm. and then then once i had the kind of opportunity to to justify it or to give a reason then i was like you know i'm just because i'm always i'm just trying to be nice to the characters always like that (laughs) that's always my thing i just i just want them to be happy and good and healthy and i want to be nice to them um so then i was like you know i can i can include a little bit of like chimney getting some comfort you know or like maddie kind of i can make it clear that she's struggling but i can also give her a moment of kind of like what what maybe hopefully reads like peace for a little little moment you know so it's yeah it's kind of like I think it's more of a question of like if if I'm including somebody then you know I, I don't want them to just be there kind of as like a 2d like paper cutout type of thing I guess yeah I think you do a really
0: good job of that of making them yeah as you say like a full character and you're not hiding the rough parts of them in order to just sort of uplift like buck in this case um i think that is a real strength to what you do is that every character that you write in uh is a proper character um and i think it definitely it comes across like how much you love the characters on the show (laughs) um as you say you want to like you want them to you want to make it all happy for them but you also got respect where they're at at the moment and make sure you're not um you're not missing out on anything that, that they are going through, and as you say, you you give Maddie uh, and Chim this kind of moment in this fic where like they can have the evening to themselves because Buck is babysitting Jiyeon uh, on his own initially. Um, <laughs> because this this is probably my favorite. It's difficult. It's probably my favorite. My favorite scene uh, in the fic uh, is that things uh, don't go so well for <laughs> Buck looking after G-Run, although not really. I think he's just like, he's doing a great job yeah. of being Uncle Buck. He's just overthinking things, probably. Yeah. And uh, you have this description of him carrying G-Run ro- round and round the apartment, and she's crying and he can't get her to stop because she's, she's teething. And uh, he's crying along with her because she won't stop crying. And I just think like that's adorable, but also just like so Buck. Um, and then you have him essentially call Eddie because he needs help um yeah. and Eddie and Chris come over to assist and i love the way you describe Eddie carrying gion around and looking after her instead i feel like me and buck were both in the same mindset just like Eddie with a baby <laughs> like
1: that was like, me
0: as well <laughs> yeah. like just like when i reread this i was like cuz i was like oh yeah cuz every time there's any hint of in any other fic i read of like Eddie with Ji Yun, then I'm always like, well, where did my sort of like instinctual, like just like heart eyes for this whole concept come from? And then when I reread this, I was like, oh, this is where it came from. <laughs> I was like, it's because I read this, Buck's point of view, him watching Eddie like soothe Ji Yun when Buck wasn't managing it really, like, or he felt like he wasn't managing it. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm in love with Eddie yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden because, well, not that I'm not, but it's, as I say, like, I'm like, I feel like I'm in love with him the same way Buck's in love with him when I'm re- reading that scene. So,
1: yeah, that was that was kind of like p- part of why I think it was it was easier for me to write this first thing like from Buck's POV is because I love Eddie so much, and it's always like the POV obviously is an op- opportunity to get like into one character's head, but it's also an opportunity to write the other character through the eyes of this character who adores them so much. So for me, it was just like, oh, I love Eddie, so I'm gonna write. You know, I'm gonna write ass buck and I'm just gonna th- write out like this complete like wish fulfillment, like Eddie and a baby scene. And that was, <laughs> yeah. that was one of my favorite things to write because, like, like you said, is I, I was literally feeling the same things. So I was just like, oh, like yeah, yeah,
0: just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is great, and I yeah, I felt uh, if nobody, uh, if if some anybody's listening that has not read this fic and wants Eddie with a baby, go and read this fic. <laughs> heady with, with Gion is like it's adorable so yeah I absolutely love that scene um, and as I was mentioning earlier I think that like you keep as I say the humour in it really well because as I say like Buck is like he's crying because yeah. G crying and i was like this shouldn't be amusing to me but i am like sad for him but also amused about the fact that i could just picture him like wandering around with tears streaming down his cheeks just literally just just crying in sympathy with her and when eddie comes over then he he picks up on that that that's what's been happening and i just think the whole thing is extremely
1: adorable it wasn't me like a me self-insert to be fair because i also am a sympathy crier with babies specifically okay not like adult people I don't care just, if you're crying it's babies. <laughs> just like cuz babies they're so they're just so helpless and like they sound so plaintive when they're like they just want something and yes. they don't they don't know how to communicate it. so they just <laughs> cry about it and I'm like oh my god you're so sad like I you know I'm just going to cry about it too. So it was kind of inspired by me. I'm not sure that I would like stay crying for like 3 hours like Buck would. But um <laughs> but I, it was inspired by my yeah. real life.
0: Yeah, Buck is a is a special case I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So before we leave this fic, I just wanted to say that this is not a question, but I just wanted to tell you my favourite line from this fic and also just like read it here. Um, So this is from later on uh, near the end of the fic when Eddie sort of figured out that something's wrong with Buck and that Buck is not keen on Anna. Uh, and it, Buck is desperately trying to not let have to like, clue eddie into what's actually going on because they're still at work um and he he thinks he still has two hours left on this shift and if he lets himself feel anything if he allows the sheer devastation of what he's about to break here to hit him he'll go from an emergency responder to an emergency and i just love the um imagery of that of like the use of the words there of of him being an emergency responder but if if He he thinks if he lets Eddie find out how he feels about him and he, he's going to break their friendship and that's going to break him and then Buck is going to be the emergency. And mm-hmm. I just thought that was like uh, masterfully done. So I just wanted to,
1: to <laughs> let you know about that. It's <laughs> really funny, actually, because I, I was debating. I remember specifically this line. I was debating on keeping it. -hmm. Because I thought it was like I I, I was reading it. and I was like, I'm not sure about this. Like, I don't know if it's like it feels too tacky or it feels too I don't know. Like sometimes you just get a vibe from a sentence, and you're like, I don't like the sentence. But then I kept it in, so I'm I'm glad I kept it in.
0: Yeah, well, it's my favorite. Yeah, it's my favorite line. I just think it's so. I know. I suppose I know what you mean in terms of you're like thinking like is it too on the nose? But I just Mm -hmm. thought it was so. It's so fitting for what he's actually feeling as well, and because they are at work. Um, and I just I really enjoyed that. So yeah as i say this this is the the first fic you wrote for 911 mm-hmm. um and the other fic that i wanted to speak about before we talk about the unrepression fic is uh rainbows have nothing to hide which is also one of your earlier fics so this was from november and this is part 1 of your kermit verse <laughs> um and this is a short one shot so uh it's just under 4000 words um and this is how is eddie diaz like Kermit the frog let buck and christopher count the ways and i i think about this fic a lot because it's just <laughs> like pure joy to me i know you said uh in your notes for this fic that you got the idea for the first meme first um because for anybody that has not read this this is around <laughs> kermit the frog memes this yeah. fic and it's great But I was wondering when you started writing this, did you have the other memes in mind or did you go, did you basically have to do what Chris and Buck did and go online and look at Kermit the Frog pictures to find some memes? Or did you already have all the ones you wanted? Like, are you a Kermit the Frog meme connoisseur (laughs) that you knew all these in advance?
1: No, 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 not at all. Um, I mean, I I know the kind of most common ones that you see only that's how I knew, you know, Kermit staring out the window in the rain. Um, But no, it was it was very much like me doing a Google search for Kermit memes and then kind of going through them and seeing what I thought would fit. yeah, like the, the road rage one with the Kermit in the car. Yeah. I didn't know that one before and I saw that and I was like, Oh yeah, <laughs> I have to include this. <laughs> like this is, Especially this with exactly... all this headcanon
0: about how Eddie doesn't like to drive and he's a bad driver yeah. and things like
1: that. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was definitely more of it was me looking. I think there were maybe maybe a couple that I already kinda had in mind. I did hmm. I was gonna say I, I knew that I was gonna include the last one, like at the end, but I don't think I did. I feel like it took me like until halfway into the fic where I, until I was like, oh maybe maybe like this is how it ends. But that one I knew that one obviously. Yeah, but most of them I just searched and then the, the fic was inspired by the memes, not the other way around. Yeah.
0: But I like that because you you have Chris and Buck in the fic looking up pictures of mm. Kermit the Frog for Chris art project so i think that's cute that you effectively did the google deep dive that they did um in order to to find the memes um and not to be reading loads of stuff but i'd like to read another excerpt here just from this fic uh before i ask you about your writing of of chris and buck's relationship because i think this is a nice like showcase of some of the sort of lovely uh highlights that we get from their relationship in this fic the second they get home to Eddie's, where Buck doesn't live no matter how much he might want to, and Christopher asks to use his phone, Buck's own phone pings with a message. Dad today, it says, and then a picture comes through underneath it. Kermit the Frog, sitting in a car, looking at the camera with the most Eddie-like expression Buck has ever seen. Okay, what now, Eddie asks, when he steps out of his bedroom, changed into sweats and a t-shirt, and finds Buck and Chris in a literal pile on the couch, laughing so hard they're wheezing. You wouldn't get it, Eds, Buck says, when he's capable of speech, taking one look at Eddie with his hip cocked, all disapproving, and dissolving back into giggles. He feels a little bad, because he knows for a fact that Eddie hates feeling like he doesn't know what goes on in Christopher's life as he gets older. But when he looks up again, Eddie's stance has softened, and he's looking at the two of them with eyes so gentle, they look almost liquid in the evening lamplight. So that is the meme that you were just mentioning with the car. But I just love that because, because Buck and Chris are like in their own little sort of, not against Eddie because it's very, yeah. as as you mentioned in, within the fic itself it's very lovingly sort of teasing Eddie. But they have their own thing going on that's totally independent of Eddie. And it's very clear that Eddie is fond of that, that it like yeah. means a lot to him that they have that. And I just think you write such a not just in this fic and all all the other fics, but you write such a like natural dynamic between Chris and Buck that's filled with a lot of fun, a lot of love, um, but also has Buck parent like helping to parent Chris as well. And I think I just find that you do their dynamic so well. Do you find it easy to write both their dynamic but also Chris? Because I think like child characters can be quite tricky sometimes
1: yeah yeah no I definitely definitely don't find it easy I mean it makes me really happy to hear that you you feel like it's kind of like natural or that it Mm. reads well because um Chris is always like I mean I adore him obviously but it's it's such a such a question because he's um I mean he was born in 2012 no 11 yeah so he he just turned he turned ten last year so he'd be turning eleven, 11 like, this year, yeah. um and that's such an age where like there's such a huge discrepancies between individual children, um like I have a I have a sister she's uh thirteen <laughs> she's thirteen now, um and she was very she was very kitty at age ten yeah but I know other ten year olds who are like incredibly grown like i work we get a lot of kids uh where i work Mm -hmm. and you get 10 year olds sometimes who like have a conversation with me and they're like little business people so it's it's always difficult to hit um kind of like a good i guess uh, average obviously we we get some of christopher on screen but we don't see him that often. I feel like we've seen him a lot in season five, which has been very helpful (laughs) for me as a writer. Um, But before that, you know, we kind of see him quite sporadically. So it's definitely, it's it's very, very difficult. Um, I mean, it comes, it kind of comes, it doesn't, it's not more difficult than any other character when I'm writing it, but I feel like I do a lot more kind of editing and questioning the way I portray Christopher more so than I do with like the other characters, because I don't want him to be, Too young, but I also don't want don't want him to skew like too old Mm -hmm. because again, he just turned eleven this year or might just still turn eleven this year. Um, so it's just yeah. But then again, of course, he's um he's had so much trauma in his life and trauma ages you uh and affects you a lot as a child and as an adult, obviously. Um so it's just yeah, it's there's just so many kind of variables that you have to think of. And I never want to, like that (laughs) that's one of my biggest fears. Like, I just don't want him, like I don't want to write him. Wrong, and that feels very very like simple, but you know what I mean? it's just yeah, yeah, I wanna get him as right as I possibly can, I guess, yeah,
0: and I think it it makes it difficult as well because I feel like some kids, the same kid can be really adult mm. in one scenario and then yeah. really not in another, um, and so you've got to kind of when you're trying to capture Chris in all these different scenarios and the different fix as well. Um, so it is. It's a it's a tricky thing to do, but as I say, f- from my point of view, I think you do a really good job of that. And I love, in particular, with within this fic as well. As I say, the relationship that Chris has with Buck and the kind of fun that they have together.
1: Yeah.
0: And was like was that a lot of fun to write in this fic? Them teasing Eddie together.
1: Yeah, I mean that was yeah that was probably probably the best part. Just because, I mean, like you said, it's this thing that they have with each other but mm-hmm. it's also based on like how much they love eddie and again because i'm writing a buck who is in love with eddie i also get to incorporate all of that so just yeah it was uh you know it's just so kind of joyful because you get to buck kind of gets to indulge his kitty side a little bit as well but then i get to blend it with his actual like adult emotions mm-hmm. for eddie as well so um so yeah i had a i had a a great time i don't usually i feel like i haven't focused on Buck and Christopher. That much maybe, um, or at least not recently in fic. So that was um yeah, writing that was uh was a lot of fun. Obviously, second guess myself <laughs> the whole time, but it was fun. <laughs> well, it was great. And then you
0: also wrote um like a second part mm. to this, um, <laughs> which is like their established relationship, like Eddie trying to trying and failing to ask <laughs> Buck <laughs> to move in through some memes. So was that fun like coming up with some more and in this case, like terrible failed yeah. memes for Eddie to try and use to to get Buck to get yeah. Buck to understand.
1: Yeah, that was, um, yeah, it was, um, it was really great, actually, because I feel like this is the only really fake of mine where, like, I do try to be funny in other places, but I feel like this is the only fake where I'm like, I allow myself to just be as ridiculous as I want to be. Because <laughs> um, a lot of time I'm like, oh, well, this can be funny, but it has to have like emotional resonance and this and this and this. And with these two fakes it was just like I, I just want this to be like silly, like to the absolute max, which it obviously is. I mean the whole moving in via meme thing is uh, is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean I um the you know the Bugs Bunny communist meme appears. So that's that's kind of all you need to know if you haven't read it. Um but but yeah it was it was a lot of fun for that reason just because it feels you know it feels less like weighted I guess mm-hmm. in that you know it can just like I, I kind of set out to write something stupid deliberately, and then you know, then you can just kind of be stupid when you're writing it. And that is a lot of fun. Well, the thing is, I think it doesn't even like. I mean, it's
0: it's silly, but I just think it's so adorable and it's so much fun. And it's hard because a lot, a lot of what nine one one is 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 a lot of tra- trauma for the characters, mm. as you say. And so it's nice. It, just is nice i I think about this fic a lot particularly part one because it is like peak pining for for buck um then that just makes it something kind of adorable to to uh give you some positive uh feelings amidst all the 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 sort of stress and crying that is canon a lot of the time (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) yeah
0: but so this this one as i say this is buck's point of view as well but then part two is um like Eddie's point of view and you've written as we're going to talk about next tell me about despair which is from Eddie's point of view and I think you kind of touched on this already as you're saying with writing between writing the two different points of view but would you say that you find it easier to write from Eddie's point of view then now
1: now I think I do it was yeah like I said it was the exact opposite because I wrote I don't swim and that just kind of went easily and then uh, tell me about this. Fair was actually the second fic that I started writing. It wasn't the second fic I published, oh. but it was the yeah, it was the second fic I started writing. And so getting into Eddie's POV after you know thirty thousand words of a Buck POV was really difficult. And then you know obviously because you're trying to like unrepress him and he doesn't want to be unrepressed. And so uh, it, it felt a lot of the time like he was like fighting me a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, I've been writing a lot of fic recently where he's like. Um, Uh, coming to terms with the sexuality or this kind of, you know, or like a lot of like pining Eddie. And that started coming easier to me. And I feel like it kind of parallels canon because in canon, you know, at least in like 414, we had um, the Buck break down. And since then, really, we haven't really known what his emotions are. We've seen that he's experiencing emotions, but we don't really get to see what they are exactly until it like, until it like boils over, like when he tried to leave the 118. Um so I feel like I feel like as Buck has kind of closed off emotionally in Canon and Eddie has opened up emotionally in canon, I feel like it's become easier for me to write Eddie. Um I don't I don't know if if it's because of canon, but it's just kind of it parallels that. And I feel I think I've written more Eddie possibly than I have Buck. Um because Buck is always like I always slide into just tragedy when it's Buck. Like <laughs> it's I wrote um I wrote a fic about the shooting. Um called um the light's been out though baby which is like where footage of the shooting um kind of uh, shows up online and that fic is just so much like buck angst and i didn't set out to write it that way but he just is is such a tragic little man
0: yes he is
1: yes (laughs) you know and it just it just kind of happens so it It's become I feel like his p o v has become um heavier somehow, so yeah, it used to be that buck was easier for me, but now i think now I think Eddie's a little bit easier, probably I
0: feel like Buck can just swing from like being <laughs> like super happy to being like just devastated like so yeah. quickly, whereas because Eddie is still like even if we're if we're unrepressing him, he's still <laughs> a bit more like reserved and like keeps like like kind of a a firmer line on things. But I, I think that's interesting. I, I had no idea that, that you had started Tell Me About Despair, like that it was the second thing you started writing. I suppose it yeah. makes sense given how long it is that, of course, it would take it took a while to write that that long, long fic. Um, and we can probably just essentially start, uh, start speaking about that just now. So that is your longest fic to date. Yeah, and it's a, yeah. it's a long one. So that's a chapter fic. Uh, you're like nearly... Uh, like a words basically and if you yeah. add in the coda that you have for it then it is it's over a words and as you you call it uh you say affectionately referred to as the unrepression fic yeah <laughs> and that is kind of how i remember it in my brain as well i think of it like that did you start writing that then essentially as soon as you finished i don't swim I did, yeah. I think so, like a couple days, but yeah. <laughs> okay, wow. That's inter- that's so interesting to me as well because I actually think that there are some like to me. I feel I almost because as I, I, because I reread I don't some recently. I was thinking like they they almost pair up for me. You've got this really heavy pining Buckwick, and then Tell About Despair is not just about Eddie pining for Buck; it's also about him in in a lot of detail as well but there is a
1: there is a component that is eddie pining for buck a lot as well so well i'm glad you said that because that is exactly what it was it was that i wrote a buck pining fic and i finished it and i still had like i said i had these kind of snippets in my head before i started writing fic at all and i collected them in this note in my phone and i still had a few eddie pov ones so i was like okay i'm gonna write eddie pining now but then it was like when am I going to set it? I'm going to have to set it in season five because now Buck's in a relationship because last time he was in a relationship, Eddie was not in a place to be pining for him just yet. So I'm going to have to set it in what would be season five, but then he's still with Anna. So I'm going to have to break him up with Anna and then it's going to have to take like some time for him to come to terms with his feelings and his sexuality and things. So maybe I include therapy and then it just snowballed from there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it was originally, it was a pining fix. (laughs)
0: That's so funny because it shows you like so for example, with, with I Don't Swim, then Buck is not really with Taylor, but Eddie's with Anna. Mm. And that's like uh as I say, that that's like, that thick is like thirty-three thousand words or something like that. Then you have you have Tell Me About Despair where Eddie quite quickly breaks up with Anna but Buck is with Taylor yeah. uh, and that's as I say about 150,000 word fix so that's how <laughs> much extra word count you need to get Eddie unrepressed enough <laughs> exactly. you need an extra 120,000 words to unrepress that man enough that he yeah. can achieve the
1: same thing uh, uh, that Buck could achieve yeah that checks out, That that is literally what it was, <laughs> I, was yes. like, I was like I need to make this believable that he would feel like this and then what I needed to make it believable was yeah about 80,000 words of of therapy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. I love the therapy. Like I I think you said um it, maybe it was on Tumblr somewhere that you you don't really have much experience with therapy so you weren't yeah. sure um but I I I mean I don't have a lot of experience with therapy but I have uh like I have been to a therapist when I was a child and I've been to counseling a couple of times uh as an adult. But I felt like you wrote Frank really well and I mean I certainly didn't feel like I was having to suspend my disbelief to read his scenes. I kind of, I love Frank. Um, Eddie might not agree with me, but I I loved Frank in this fic. Did you, did you have a lot of, it sounds wrong to say, did you have fun (laughs) torturing Eddie in therapy? But did you have fun torturing Eddie in therapy?
1: You know, I did towards like the middle and end. Because initially the therapy scenes were 100% like the thing that I was most afraid to write. Because it's just this kind of big looming, like, Obviously, it's something I've never, I've never been to therapy. God knows I need it, but I've never been. Um, And so it's one of those things that it's just like, you know, you have no practical experience of it. So it's already an uncomfortable place to start from. And then it's one of those things that is difficult to research because therapy obviously is an intensely private thing as it should be. Um, So I just had to kind of trawl the internet for people's not necessarily experiences within therapy, but what I focused on was like their relationship to their therapist. Okay. Um, cause there was this, I mentioned this on my blog a couple of times. There's this ancient like Tumblr post, um, from somebody about their therapist named Paul. And they said, Paul bought like a foam dart gun for therapy sessions. And so then OP of the post like comes into the session. And every time they say something that is like negative self-thought or frames them negatively, Paul shoots them with a the foam dart <laughs> um, to get them to like reframe their thinking. And so that was literally my basis for the relationship between Frank and Eddie. And then under, under that post, like people add on about their therapists and it's all these, you know, like the, the way like their therapist kind of challenges them, but also the way they feel, you know, like a safe person or like a trusted person. So those were the kind of, kinds of things that I went off of. So it was more that, um, I kind of, uh, I, I guess conceived of their relationship first and then I put it through like a therapy filter.
0: Yes. And then what I
1: ended up with was the therapy sessions, but initially, they were really um obviously difficult to write because you don't know what you're doing. But as I got into the swing of the thing, of the of the thing, of the fake, um, it became easier because it became easier for Eddie to talk and it became easier for me to kind of see um where he was going and how to kind of steer him there. Um and it also became clearer to me what needed to be addressed or what I thought needed to be addressed in therapy. And so eventually, they became my favorite thing to write. It took it took like fifty thousand words or so. But eventually, I was like, oh yeah, you know, therapy session. Also because (laughs) um, because I intentionally like pared them down. I wanted them to be very simple. Because sometimes, you know, when I write, a lot of time I will have like a line of dialogue, then I will go on for three paragraphs about whatever, and then we go back to the dialogue. And with the therapy sessions, I just wanted it to be dialogue as much as possible. Like I wanted to be very kind of stripped bare. Um, which I think probably made it easier for me to kind of write them because I didn't really have to think about how to kind of bridge from one line of dialogue to the next. They just were kind of talking. So yeah, yeah, I had I had fun torturing Eddie in therapy. I did.
0: Yeah, they're good. I, I like how they're sort of the therapy, the therapy scenes are like interspersed within the fic. Mm-hmm. And they're, as you say, like they're their own thing. And I feel like sometimes you drop us into the therapy scene um and that really works well as it's like mm-hmm. it makes them a focal point within the story and they're always like relevant to what's either happened or is going to happen but um you have that sort of move from it could be anything else that there that is happening in the fic and then you have a scene break and then we're in therapy and we're right in there Eddie's already in the room frank has probably just asked him a really uncomfortable question <laughs> eddie wishes he didn't have to answer and eddie's already pissed off yeah. <laughs> uh, and i just like i just i really enjoyed um i really enjoyed them and i think with this fic i don't know if it's because of what i sort of what my personal thoughts were on what it would be like uh for eddie to go to therapy before i read this fic or if it's the the title of the fic but i kind of i thought that this fic might be like you know even more painful for for eddie and that it would take him a really long time and it did obviously take him a really long time to come out of it but i feel like buck really goes through it in this fic as well (laughs) um so i was one thing for firstly that really surprised me was how much misery it is for buck in Mm -hmm. this fic as well as for eddie um so did you want to like did you kind of want to balance it or did you think obviously this so this is set in season at the beginning of season five and so we've had the shooting so they've both had a lot of trauma and do you think that it was kind of because of that because they've been through this traumatic thing together that you wrote it in such a way that they are like this fic is very much focused on eddie's uh journey but buck is also having to go through a kind of similar emotional journey as well
1: yeah i mean i didn't i didn't know that like Buck needed to be going through things (laughs) that was that was my kind of baseline you know it was like obviously this is focused on Eddie but like Buck also has things going on in the background and that was part of the challenge obviously because I I only ever write like single POV fix so I needed to convey things happening with Buck through Eddie's POV when Eddie is really kind of lost in his own head because he's going through so much um but I did want you know part of it the shooting was uh was a significant part, especially in the first part of the fic, because they haven't talked about it, and that's part of the the kind of divide uh between them and I wanted you know I feel like there isn't i mean I feel like there is uh, canonical evidence to the fact that like buck uh feels like it or well he feels like it happened to him and he feels like it he shouldn't feel like it happened yes to him, you know I feel like he feels like it's Eddie's trauma um and so I wanted that in particular to be kind of addressed I wanted Buck to be able to feel. You know his feelings about it and for them to kind of be able to talk about it um so that was the, the the first part of the buck suffering and then then it was just about kind of lining up you know the point where eddie would be ready um not only to pine uh but also to to kind of fight um for buck or to kind of you know be able to um see buck and taylor and be able to understand that actually yes he can do better even with his kind of self-esteem um, which isn't great. A lot of the time, um, you know, I wanted him to reach a point where he was like, okay, I can, you know, I can actually be an option for Buck. Like I can love him like better, better than this if he wants me to. Um, and I needed obviously to time kind of Buck's relationship with Taylor to that. Um, so that it kind of met at that point in that little scene in the car where, where Eddie tells Buck to break up with her. Um, and that was, yeah, I, I do, I do a lot of, I, I hide sometimes because like, Single POV is great in that if you want to hide what the other character is feeling, like, you just kind of hide them. Like you can you can focus on other things, you know? So Eddie has like, I don't know, he has scenes with with Frank and with Christopher and with Hen, like other people. Meanwhile, Buck is going through some things, we don't see them because he's not the POV character. And then he he emerges having a really rough time in his relationship with Taylor still. Um and Eddie's finally ready to kind of perceive that relationship for what it is. Um, like that scene at the the firehouse, like toy drive, right, where he fully like realizes that you know they're like th- this is not a good thing. Like they're not happy together. Buck especially is not happy with her. Like they're just not a good match.
0: Yes, but as you say, it takes him ages to get there. <laughs> and I've I've got, and sorry, I feel like all I'm doing is reading out your your fic. But I have a scene here that I had so many. I copied so many extracts from this fic, and I was like, you cannot read more than one. <laughs> this is a scene where Eddie's sort of seeing buck with taylor but this is before he's really actually managed to internalize the fact that no taylor is definitely wrong for buck which i think he he appreciates but it's before he definitely realizes that he could be better as you say yeah. um and this is a cute scene because this is where they go um to a call where the the lady's got a lot of cats and there's some kittens <laughs> involved um and they're outside, and uh, to the news van is bit there, and Taylor is there, and Eddie is thinking about how he's never seen Buck, uh, lo- sort of look in love the way he mm-hmm. thinks he's he see- seeing um Buck look at Taylor, um, and so th- he's this is he's thinking about that, and he's looking at uh he's sort of standing there while Buck and Taylor are together, and you write, but it's never been this. Eddie doesn't know what he'd do if Buck looked at him like that. Are you working late tonight? He's asking. And Eddie feels like the third and the fifth and the seventh fucking wheels all at once, but he can't move. Not sure yet, Taylor says, tucking a strand of hair behind her ear that wasn't in the way in the first place. Eddie accidentally squeezes a kitten and gets a gummy bite to his finger in retaliation. I'm on a call until midnight, but it's been a quiet day, so I'll either keep being quiet or all hell's about to break loose. Buck moves toward her. Pressing them together in at least three different places, and puts a hand on her waist. You can go to mine if you want, he says, and he's not even being suggestive about it, just bright-eyed and honest and sweet. We could have breakfast when I get home. She wrinkles her nose, it's so quick Eddie nearly misses it, and she irons out her expression with the air of a true professional. But she wrinkles her nose as Buck offers her breakfast with possibly the most earnest expression Eddie has ever seen, and just like that, one second to the next, the ship sails on him ever liking her. How about we do Tuesday instead, she asks, wrapping her small hand around his arm. Her nails are a shade of red that makes Eddie feel vaguely sick. You're working Monday, right? I can come over that night, make sure I warm up the bed. Her teeth, artificially bright, glint in the sun. Eddie's head is spinning a little and he thinks he might need to go throw up in a bush somewhere. A kitten paws at the flap of his left pocket, sinking its claws in with a ripping sound that's going to cost the LAFD money. He lets it. Buck's eyes fall to the ground for a fraction of a second, the corner of his mouth twitching downwards, but then he blinks blinks and his face clears. Sure, he says, and Eddie would have missed the way his hand tightens on Taylor's waist, except he's already looking at it and spots Buck's knuckles going pale. Tuesday sounds good. Great, she grins. She's really pretty in a way that makes Eddie bizarrely self-conscious about his own looks. He's not usually bothered about what he looks like beyond making sure he's dressed and his hair is out of his face. Her presence makes him uncomfortably aware of just having a body and a face, like Shannon's used to do, which is a thought he never wanted to have. We could spend the day together. If you cook dinner, I can call in a favour and get us a nice red. He doesn't drink red, Eddie says before he's even aware he's saying it. Jesus fucking Christ. Buck's head snaps to him, startled, like he forgot Eddie was even there, which is pr- probably the case. Taylor looks over much more leisurely, kind of like a cat, or maybe Eddie's just seeing cats everywhere today. She raises a single perfect eyebrow, Eddie raises one right back, then pivots on his heel and marches off after Bobby before he can embarrass himself even more. And I just, I really (laughs) love the Eddie Taylor in this fic. Like, I think you do such a good job with Taylor because you you say that you don't like Taylor, but Mm. I don't think it comes across like character bashing or anything like that. I feel like it's very true to what I can imagine of Taylor. Um and actually probably more true to what I feel of Taylor than what I feel like we actually got with her in season five. Um, mm-hmm. because that she's your Taylor has got like a lot of spine, I feel like, still, and she still has that sort of the this the sharp snappiness that she had uh in the in the earlier seasons. Uh and I love how
1: her, she, her and Eddie are like squaring up to each other half the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've completely forgot about the he doesn't drink red line. <laughs> just, he just read it and I was like, oh! <laughs> yeah. He just can't he, keep it in. He's
0: just like, no, you don't know. He, he's at this point, he knows, as I said, I think he knows Taylor's not good for Buck or but he, he also probably thinks partly that it's his own it's his own want of Buck that's coloring that yeah. and it takes I think I don't know how many times like <laughs> Hen and Jim many. have to agree with Eddie's and then and still then Eddie's like yeah okay well Taylor's not right for Buck but doesn't mean who is yeah I, he's like doesn't mean I, no, exactly yeah. but that was that was fun and so did you have did you have fun writing Taylor in even if uh, she's maybe not your favorite person?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think so. I had a fun um, writing Eddie's thoughts about Taylor, you know, because you're kind of allowed to be petty when Eddie's petty, because obviously um, it's Eddie's POV. Um, I am very aware of kind of like I don't like Taylor's character, but I'm very aware of kind of not coming across as character bashing, like you said. Like, yeah, I don't think there's a need to like make her um, comically evil to make it clear that they're um, not a good match because they're canonically not a good match. obviously they they broke up like they were miserable together <laughs> throughout all of season five. Um, so uh, so yeah, I had a lot of fun kind of writing Eddie watching her and writing the kind of developing awareness of who she is in Buck's life and the, all the ways that she loves him wrong, you know, especially like in this in this first scene, like you can already tell, um, there's this kind of waking kind of awareness of like how Eddie would do it differently a little bit and that kind of grows and grows um until obviously he's he's able to actually be like break up with her because yeah she's not good for you yeah i had a little bit of um that scene is a, like my favorite bit of like melodrama that i allowed myself um because when he's holding the kitten right and the kitten like paws at his pocket it's on the side where his heart is and i was like oh yeah this is like I'm, I'm gonna be a little dramatic you know so he's like sinking his little claws into his heart but yeah but then of course he uh yeah, he gets a little less dramatic because he he realizes that actually, um, not all is lost. And in fact, Buck is not super happy <laughs> in his relationship, as we see eventually. But as you say, it takes him a long time
0: to believe. Mm. In this fic, you have because you have the space, it's like a longer fic, you have the space to include so much, and there's you have the interactions between Eddie and so many of the different characters. Like I really appreciated seeing the time that you took to have eddie talk to hen multiple times and then the scene with uh, hen and karen where they kind of like coach (laughs) eddie through uh his sort of sexuality realization and i really liked also like the the eddie and maddie parts that you put into this as well so i was wondering what's your who's your favorite Sort of side character. If if we're talking about Eddie's the POV character and Buck is the love interest, who's your sort of favorite side character
1: to write in a fic like this? Um, I think probably Hen. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, it's, it's it's fairly obvious in the unrepression fic because they're like besties. Um, yes, <laughs> but yeah, I just think <laughs> and it's great yeah, that they're besties. It's so good. I just think there's so much like potential in there, even the canonical relationship. Um, I feel like they're they're quite similar in certain ways um i feel like they're both kind of like quieter people almost but there's so much going on like underneath um and hen uh hen has like such a depth of feeling to her like as a character and as a person that you see like on the show all the time um and i just feel like she's she's the right person to kind of be gentle with eddie when he needs somebody to be gentle with him but also to push him a little bit um when he needs pushing because he he does a lot yeah um yeah and i just i just love them you know kind of teaming up in, in in any context and scenario um and i and i read it a lot as well in in other fics where you know it's hen who helps him kind of through you know when he has a sexuality crisis as it as it were um a lot of the time it's hen who's his kind of first point of contact and i just think that's something really beautiful in that like he has you know um he has this friend who's a lesbian obviously. Um and he kind of trusts her so much that she's kind of the, the, the person that he would think to go to first. Yeah, so I think I think hen is, is my favorite in, in yeah. this context. And she is she's a, she's a lot
0: of um she's a lot of fun in this fic, but she's a lot of heart in this fic as well, as you say. Like she's there for Eddie. And she I like how how you show how much like it means to her personally that Eddie is doing better, like that. She's you really show how much how deep their friendship is, and how much Hen loves all the people around her because it means so much to her that Eddie is getting to have this happiness uh, after so much so much trauma, yeah, and so much unhappiness. Um, and speaking of trauma, you mentioned that in this fic they talk about the shooting, yeah. Eddie and Buck do, and It was everything I ever needed, basically. (laughs) I was like, I hope we're going to get this from the show, but at least, like, if we don't, (laughs) or even if we just get a little, like, fraction of what you wrote for it, then uh, I will be, at least we have your version. I'll be glad we at least got your your version of that. And I was wondering, you say, obviously, that that you're not, like, a sort of plot-driven type person. So is it, like, is is that one of the things you like about fan fiction is this, that you can, like, explore aspects that the show might not have so much time to go into so some of the more character-driven stuff that the show doesn't have the scope for or just the space in in the sort of episode slots that it has when it's also got to handle a, a plot like case sort of thing is that what you like about fan fiction so you can have the space to look at these different types of things
1: yeah I mean that's definitely one of the one of the things I mean like the the entire honor of is like you know essentially could be made up of parts that you know won't ever fit in the show because Eddie's one of an ensemble of characters and they all need storylines obviously and um I there are in my opinion at least the writers are are quite good most of the time in prioritizing you know what needs to be shown and what can just be kind of inferred from from the background but obviously um yeah it's really nice to kind of get to sink your teeth into something a little bit more you know and and like I said um a lot of what I write is just people talking (laughs) And, you know, in, in fan fiction, um, I can write like 4,000 words of a conversation, which, you know, could never appear on screen because it, it's just like a conversation. So I can, yeah, I, I can, I can kind of do that and I can build up the tension and and, and things like that. So, um, so yeah, I, that, that is definitely part of what I like about it. And that's the thing in, in this fic, you have like three different
0: sort of sections where Eddie is either at his parents or his parents are in LA and they are as at the sort of heart of them. There are conversations with his parents, which are obviously horrible because they are <laughs> conversations with Eddie's parents, but they're so well done. And I think what you're saying there about like the, the, with the tension, I really feel like you did that so well in this fic that you have, you have three different like sight times and three different long scenes in this fic where Eddie is having conversations with his parents but yet it never feels repetitive it never feels like it wasn't necessary and it only gets more only gives me more anxiety like the 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 last scene like when he's when he's at his parents for Christmas Uh, and I will not allow myself to read any any more excerpts but I have one from one of the one of the talks with his parents but I I actually had to take a break because I I didn't know necessarily exactly what 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 they were going to say to him but I could kind of guess where we were going with this and I was like when it's when his mum says Eddie and mm. his dad folds up the newspaper so that he's ready because he's ready to also join in and I was like no 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 we'll putting the phone <laughs> down I'm gonna have a break before I read the rest of the scene and I could escape where Eddie obviously couldn't for a while. Did you plan it like that? Did you know that you wanted you were gonna build on it so you're gonna have those different scenes with his parents and every time it was gonna get like it was gonna be harder every single time for him until he had to really like make a decision himself to be like no you're not good for me and i am deciding that even if i don't feel it yet i deserve better
1: yeah it was that was one of the parts um yeah that was one of the most deliberately planned parts actually I, i very deliberately made it like the kind of three act thing basically where and it, his parents are kind of like a pivotal, um, uh, they, they're present at like pivotal points in the fic, obviously, like obviously the the, the, the grand ending, um, but also the beginning where, you know, the when he has like the breakdown that then um, makes him kind of ask to go or go back to therapy. Um, that is also at his parents. Um, and I, yeah, I, I centered a lot of the fic, like the entire fic. Um, around his parents because obviously that's like the first that's where he comes from that's where a lot of the first traumas kind of um happened so yeah that was that was one of the things that I was really um really kind of like tightly um planning I guess to 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 write that way and I'm really glad that that you feel like they're not repetitive because I had my moments of doubt when I because when I set out I was like very clear in the way I want to escalate that relationship like this first scene is to establish it the second scene is to kind of escalate it and to complicate it and to introduce Buck into the mix and etc and then the third scene obviously is where Eddie kind of decide to decides to live his life for himself um but I had moments of doubt when I was like I don't know if the second scene like works like I don't know if it's just more of the same thing so um, oh I think
0: the second scene I mean I love the the third scene but the second scene I think is like that's the the section I actually had like taken that I would have if I was going to allow myself to read <laughs> anymore, which I'm not. Uh, that's the, a, a section I'd have read it from that. So I'm very glad you didn't go for just the two because I absolutely love that that second one where you do introduce the buck element of it and you you make it clear that Eddie's parents are not keen but you don't it's still very veiled as it is with Raymond and things that he's not gonna come out quite not gonna quite come right outright and say what he actually yeah. means and everybody's still kind of talking uh a little bit in code and they've not quite they have not quite got to the point where they're gonna just gonna come out write out and say what they what they actually think and bobby's there which
1: i didn't plan originally well. but oh there. it's great
0: he's great i love bobby being there it was it was good and, and, and eddie's a bit baffled about why bobby's there as well but that was that's a great scene i, I must admit like when um when in the lead up to the third scene when they're going, he and Eddie's going home for Christmas. Uh, and I was like, I was like, bring Buck with you. Take I was like, bring Buck to Texas. And then when his mum said he couldn't take Buck, I was like devastated. <coughs> <laughs> but obviously it works out in the end because of of the fact uh like of how that goes that goes down at the end, which I won't I'm not gonna totally spoil this for anybody that's not read it. Because I do want to say that this is a really long fic mm. and I can understand why somebody might not have read it. So if you've not read it and it's because it's really long, I'm probably not the person to be telling you this because I am biased because I like a long fic, but it's so worth it. You have so much time, more time and space to spend with Eddie and to really see the whole scope of what he's going through uh, and how he learns to maybe not love himself, but he like he learns to try to love himself at least or he like learns to allow somebody else to love him if that's what they want and I just think it's really it's a really beautiful it is a really beautiful fic and then you also wrote then the the coda to that Mm. did you did that come to mind while you were still writing this fic or was it after you'd finished that you decided that you wanted to write the
1: the coda um it was I did think about it as I was writing um, the fic, but I didn't, I think I didn't want to have a sex scene included in the main fic, I, I don't really, I can't tell you why exactly, but I was like, it just doesn't feel right at this point in time, but I did, I did think about it because um, obviously Eddie, uh, Eddie's kind of um, acceptance of his sexuality um, on some level, includes some level of like actual sexual like liberation, And I felt like that was an important thing to address as well, um, which was what then made me decide to actually write it. And I I had a bad time writing it, so. I remember. I think I
0: remember your Tumblr posts about it when, at the time, and I, and it was when I was when I was reading it in the, in the notes that you have at the end, like you saying that you're like logging offline. You're not going to be online for a little while until you've like decompressed from the whole situation. <laughs> and I'm sure I remember at the time when you were posting it, you saying that on Tumblr, you're like, "I'm going. I'll be gone for a little while because I can't." Yeah. But it's it's great. I I I really like I, I really like where it like sits um, within in terms of like it takes place almost in the middle of the little bit at the end of the, the, the under-impression fic itself but I also really liked how it's like it's Eddie as you say like coming to terms with his sexuality and coming to terms with how what that means for how he wants to have sex but I thought it was really interesting because you you didn't go the way in which I kind of thought you you might and so I feel like the, the issues that Eddie was having didn't really turn out to be exactly what I expected, and I just thought that was really interesting and refreshing that you're kind of coming at it from the angle of that Eddie. He spent this this the whole of the unrepression fic, sort of realizing that he he might actually just deserve to be loved. Um, and then you have it for uh for for the soft animal of your body. You have it him realizing that he might actually deserve to feel pleasure mm. and i liked i liked that that too that they sort of run parallel in that way that they're both a similar idea but it's not when i first went when i first started reading the fic before i i knew where you were going with it then i didn't anticipate necessarily that that would be how it was so i just wondered where you got was that always what you kind of thought uh eddie's thought process or hang-ups i guess around sex with Bach would be um or did that come as you were writing it well that was part of
1: um I think what I struggle with um I mean I struggled with everything with this like it was so bad um, <laughs> it's like it works it works kind of works as a standalone so if you like have never read anything of mine you read one of my fix. please read that because I, I gave my life to write it um, but uh, I think it I know I knew that I didn't want to go necessarily like the internalized homophobia route, which is the kind of the, the most obvious thing. And I'm not saying that that's not something Eddie would feel. It's very likely that he would, but I didn't want to write about that.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's what I kind of, that's probably, that's what I was expecting, like going into it. So it was really, and it, there's nothing, as you say, like completely understandable that you can, you can imagine. You can imagine Eddie going yeah. through that. And I think that's why that's what I was expecting. Um, but it was yeah very refreshing to not have
1: that yeah so. through a little curveball <laughs> yeah just I yeah I feel like I mean he didn't really spend that much time talking about his sexuality in the unoppression fake relative to the length of it um it was only really like the third and really like the third chapter is what focuses on um on his sexuality really um but I just didn't want again it's it's very likely that that is an issue that he would have but I just wanted to to take like a different approach you know i wanted to kind of give him i don't know i I don't want to say it feels like obvious because that doesn't mean it's not a real uh issue or like a real thing um or a real struggle um but it it, yeah i felt like i wanted to put him in a place where he's done enough work um i guess with regards to his sexuality that this is something that he's worked through on some level Um, yes and i wanted to write just about something yeah something maybe less obvious that also potentially might be an issue because eddie's you know so much of eddie is like oh well you know he's he he gives to other people and he kind of cares about other people and what he wants or or what he deserves is not really like a concern for him at all yes you know at, at certain points so um the the idea of just like just taking like pleasure That somebody wants to give him, and not thinking of it as like selfish, or not thinking of it as like that, like something bad is going to happen. Because I feel like Eddie has that association that like when he allows himself something good, then something bad is going to come on the heels of it. You know, and I just wanted to—he has to be punished for anything good that happens to him. Yeah, yeah. And so I just wanted to kind of address that through the medium of porn, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Well, I mean, I
0: don't think I uh, you can call it what you want to do and and, and it is, it's an explicit thick, but I thought it was very very thoughtfully done uh as somebody who has written things in the past that absolutely would be described as porn, like porn without plot, <laughs> porn without any any, any semblance <laughs> of any other reason. I would say that that you do this like um very much from an emotional like point of view. Mm. And it's is about Eddie accepting another part of himself, or coming, like you know, allowing himself to accept another part of himself. And I just really, as as I as I say, I really found it uh, refreshing the angle that you took on it. And I'm glad that you you did go that way because it made it it made it more more interesting. I think, um, and not what I was expecting. That's kind of my last sort of specific question with regards to tell me about despair, which feels like. I feel like I could ask you 101 different things about that fic, especially because it is such a long one and there are so many amazing moments. And I could have asked I could have listed off to you all the different uh like calls that you get them taken to, all the different scenes that you have in that. But I would just say like you did such a good job. I know you're saying now that when you originally wrote like I Don't Swim, you didn't have the constraints of not wanting to repeat yourself, but you've written so much now and I never feel like, I always feel like it's always something novel and something new. So I think you do that really well. Um, Something general I wanted to kind of ask you is that, Objects seem really central to your fic a lot of the time, like the slug <laughs> in "I Don't Swim," or the Kermit memes themselves, uh, or in the unrepression fic for me, it was the bird feeder um, was like, and there's obviously lots of different objects, but for me, that was the one that really stuck out for me. And then you have in other fic, like for example, in your the Christmas Party Hop, you have the mistletoe, <laughs> or the item in the woodmark for your fire that I'm not going to spoil for anybody that's not read that fic. And sometimes even in your like fic summaries, you'll have uh, different objects mentioned. And I was just wondering, like, why do you think it is that you have this like sort of objects become a, a focus? And then other than that, do you always know? I mean, you said kind of with a slug that that, that that wasn't the case. You kind of found the slug later. But is that always the case? Do you find the objects in the fic or do they kind
1: of come to you first? No, usually, usually I do find them kind of in the fic, like the, um, the Woodmark Free Fire. The, the item in that fic didn't actually occur to me until the very end. <laughs> like that wasn't, that's what everybody messages me about all the time, right? That's, that's the thing. But I literally, I just was like, how am I going to end this? Like, what am I going to do here? You know, because this doesn't feel like enough because it's a fic about Bug being a dad. And I was like, I was, on the, I was writing this on the train on my phone. <laughs> like literally on my train on the train home from work at like 10 p.m. and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. this is you know. And then I thought I actually didn't. I thought I think I thought of like the object and I didn't think of the pun initially. I don't know how I don't know how that works in my head, but it was like it was the object first, and I looked at the name of it, and I was like, oh, like th- this could work like this way. So it very much I very much found that one kind of in the course of writing it, and that's usually the case because I feel like. I um, I don't do a lot of describing kind of like the wider setting um, mm-hmm. within scenes. You know, I'm not usually like they walk into a room and I don't usually describe the room. Um, I will pick out kind of elements that are relevant to, to what the characters are doing in the room or like what's what's happening. Sometimes I do describe the room, but like a lot of the time, because I used to, when I was younger, I used to just describe and describe and describe. Um, so I kind of trained myself out of it and in training myself out of it, I um, I think I just learned to kind of focus very much focus just on the characters it's like when you have the camera and the sims you know and the camera kind of moves along with them um that's that's kind of the idea like that's that's what i'm trying to go for so whenever they focus on like an object it's it's sometimes it gains like a deeper meaning like the bird feeder in the unoppression fix sometimes it's more of a like a crutch for me to have something to write in between the dialogue because as you've probably noticed um, <laughs> my, my dialogue goes very slow because there's a lot of kind of interjections in between and it helps to have something to to kind of focus on. I don't really know why like it ends up at objects but I definitely see what you mean. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not necessarily something that I do like consciously. I think it is. it is kind of nice like with the slug for example, I feel like the slug kind of ties the scene together in a way because you have it in the beginning and then buck has a minor emotional crisis and then he has another minor emotional crisis and then he goes back to the slug you know at the end of the scene so it's um it's also also kind of like that maybe maybe in the moment i feel like it helps me keep it cohesive maybe but that happens on like a subconscious level i don't usually do it like consciously that's so interesting to me because for me like the
0: objects um when I was reading a rereading I don't swim for this I was kind of reading with a more well I'm going to be asking you questions about this in sort of mindset but even before that even before I'd reread or thought about this or anything I was always remembering that that I felt like objects were quite a thing for you because um I always think of and I don't know if I wrote down the title of this oh yes I did sorry the title of the fic which is uh, tell the whole wide world and this room because I always think of that fic as being uh the and I'm gonna mispronounce what this is called but the fermented milk product so (laughs) that is it kefir or kefir I think in English it's kefir I think okay but I'm not sure (laughs) well anyway I always think of that fic as being the fic that has the kefir in it (laughs) so for Please. me like it's a strong association with the objects um and then for the woodmark for your fire I think of it as you say you're not surprised you get everybody messaging you about that this is a this is a great advertisement for that fic we've always <laughs> talked about it such veiled terms if anybody's not read this they'll have to go just to find out what this object is that we keep talking about so yeah for me I feel like they really stick out to me as And maybe it's just part of what I was talking about before about how like you have your own style and you say like you're not trying to have your own style, you just do. And so for me, maybe this is one of those aspects to your style that, yeah, maybe you're not meaning to do it. But for me, it's like a strong thing. And I really, I really like it, especially in the Unrepression Frick, for example, with the bird feeder. I I don't know if you meant to do it so much with that one, but I really feel like that was like a touchstone in all the therapy scenes. and it was it was never the same thing, and it quite often was like a contrast to what Eddie was feeling, or it went along with what Eddie was feeling. And I just really, really liked the use of that in in that book in particular.
1: Yeah, I was like, I that was kind of like an indulgence because I was like, oh, this is this is very obvious and on the nose, but I kind of like it, you know, because it's birds and like f- part of it was Ryan's like Instagram post with the bird, you know, um, stage four Eddie Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> But he, I, I started writing it. I, I put in the bird feeder before he Instagrammed that. Oh, amazing! But then after, amazing. after that, yes. But after that, I was like, oh, you know, this is kind of, kind of nice because like birds fly. You know, it's a very basic like freedom and liberation type of symbol. But, you know, I like it. So I'm gonna indulge a little bit and we're gonna have the bird feeder. And it's like it's it's quite I feel like it's quite obvious, but I, I also like that it's there, you know. I think it's 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 nice. And it like you said, it is it is a kind of touchstone. Like he does mention it in most of the therapy sessions because it's something for him to kind of focus on and yeah, and it reflects his own journey back at him, I suppose, in in a way.
0: And sometimes I think it's a comfort for him, and then other times I think he's like he's almost unhappy about the presence of this this thing that you think would be soothing and I I think it's a good a good way of highlighting his emotional uh, state in in, in whichever particular scene it is because of how he's reacting to it and it's just a very creative way of doing that that isn't just you stating well today Eddie is particularly pissed off as you can see in the fact that he is annoyed at the existence of these animals outside (laughs) the window you just have him be like that it isn't a comfort to him to look at them today and then that you can kind of tell oh it's a particularly bad day for Eddie today sort of thing.
1: Yeah I do, I do try really hard to just not outright state emotions where it's not sometimes I mean sometimes it's the easiest thing like it definitely isn't a rule that you never can say like oh he was feeling this way or he was feeling that way but there are times I feel like where it feels more appropriate to um, to kind of describe the emotion in the way they react to other people or like the way they behave or the way they feel eternally you know without actually naming it. I, I yeah, I think it works
0: really well. With the, with the objects when that is what you do with it. Another question that I wanted to ask that's again just sort of general fic based is obviously most of your fic or all the fic you're doing is is around like body which is the usual case in this fandom. <laughs> but is there any other character or relationship that you could ever see yourself write, writing a fic about them or from their point of view
1: uh, maybe, I mean, i I love mad me, like they're you know, they're wonderful, um, they're like just the the most beautiful um love story. um, it's just that I feel like I'm. I'm just, I'm a more normal about them. Like I, I'm not. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> oh, sorry. No, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I'm not like, I'm not normal about the show in general. Right. Like we just yeah. got like the season, season six, like first episode title reveal. And I was like vibrating for like four hours. Um, but I'm more normal about them than I am about buddy. Like I see Me and like my heart feels warm and I'm like, Oh my beloveds, you know, I'm so excited like for them to get back together and everything. But like I see buddy and I just like, I, I turn into like a volcanic monster. Like it's, it's just a whole different, you know, ballpark. And I don't really, I haven't written. I've been in a ton of fandoms, and I've only written for three. So it takes a lot, kind of, of emotional investment for me to write, like in a fandom and, and for a pairing. So I feel like I, I could, I would never say like never, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I, I am, yeah, I'm, I'm like a normal level with all the other couples on the show, and I'm, <laughs> I'm not normal about Buck I like that. I've never
0: thought about it like that, but I, 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 I completely and utterly uh, empathize with that that sentiment. That like, no, there's absolutely no way I would ever describe myself as normal about body whatsoever. So yeah, I can see that. That makes sense. So on that, I guess just before we kind of move away from thick, unless there's anything else that you wanted to add to it. Obviously, you're working on the group thick yeah. uh, right now. Hopefully that's gonna be soon. What other stuff is there? Anything else you got? You've got in the works, or you're planning on doing after that that you want to mention at all?
1: Uh, yeah. Well, I've I think I've mentioned this on my Tumblr as well. Like, I want to finish the group groupfic, obviously, which was supposed to be 15,000 words when I started it like two months ago, and it just. <laughs> What
0: are you at now? Like
1: nearly 40? <laughs> yeah, 32 something. Um, it'll definitely be at least 40. It'll probably be a little bit over that. Um, yeah, I don't know what's happening anymore. But yeah, um, after that, I want to... I The reason I'm writing group fic at all is because I wanted to procrastinate this fic, which is the Solar Flare fic, uh, which I've mentioned on my blog a couple of times. Um, yes. Which is basically like a copycat of a very famous um, One Direction fandom fic called um, Things Have Gotten Closer to the Sun where the premise is uh the world is set to end in like 10 days or something like via solar flare and they kind of predicted it down to the to the specific like date and time um and in the one direction fic it's like the band coming back together and they road trip to the end of the world or whatever um so i don't i don't take that aspect but i take the kind of solar flare um aspect from that fic and apply it to buddy um so it's the basically it's the last few days i guess before the world ends um i'm trying to make it basically like see how much joy you can cram into like 10 days before the apocalypse you know because I feel like that's my brand like like I said before I just love them very much and I want them to be happy all the time yes so um this is literally that you know like we're all gonna die but let's be happy before that so
0: <laughs> I think I'm already traumatized about this pic just from like when I first read the tumblr post about it I was like oh my gosh yeah. they're gonna die at the end like I was like drama already so I hope, yeah, we'll see how much like, love you can pack in
1: for them before that and happiness they can get. Yeah, so that, I'm hoping that will be a little bit shorter than this one. I was planning on about 20,000 words, so hopefully I can stick to that. And after that, I have, I have this giant fic that I'm, I'm calling the secret fic because I don't plan on telling anybody about like anything about it until it's finished because otherwise I'm not going to finish it. That's fair, that's um, fair. <laughs> yeah, but it's that it is based on a movie. Okay. I can tell you that it's it's a it's an a- Well, it is an AU, but it's not like a massive AU, but it is an AU. I've been listening to a lot of um like Americana and folk music because it's like a small town American setting <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. And you think it's going to be there's going to be a big one? Well, I do think it's going to be at least 50,000 words, but we'll okay, yeah. we'll see. Which Apparently I, I just accidentally write that now, as we're seeing with the with the group fic. Like, the this will be. Oh planned. gosh, because yeah, if you're
0: if you're thinking it's gonna be that length then it's gonna be we'll have another we'll have another tell me about despair on our hands. I mean, that was
1: literally the case. Like I with the unrepression fic when I decided I was gonna write it, I literally posted on Tumblr, like if I wrote a fic about any getting unrepressed and it'd be like fifty K, would anybody even read it? Because there's uh, the Phantom I feel like skews more towards like shorter fics. Uh, and I feel like more people read the kind of shorter ones. So I, I was just like, would anybody even read this if I put like that much time into it? And everyone was like, yeah. And then I was like, okay. Well, I'm revising the plan. It might take fifty thousand words for him to just realize that he's in love with Buck. Um, It took eighty thousand in the end, so that's great. Um, but yeah, that was that was literally the case. I was like, oh, maximum eighty thousand, and we ended up at like sixty k over that. So
0: yes, exactly. Well, for me, that's perfect. I'm a long, <laughs> as I say, I like a long, thick that's not strictly true cuz i have several f- fan fictions like in in, in, a, in a multitude of different fandoms where i'm like oh one of my f- like i'll be like oh one of my favorite fixes is that fic and then i'll look it at it and i'm like oh this was only like a very short one shot but quite commonly i'll have a particularly like that kind of between a, like 100k and like 100 and like 70k something in there is usually my like sweet spot for like the perfect length cuz i like a slow burn i like a very 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 long <laughs> slow burn Which is probably why I'm managing to hang on with the show because I'm hoping that's what we're doing. Yeah, (laughs) hopefully. So So yeah, just because um, you touched on it there in terms of with the the Solar Flare fic being based off of a One Direction fic, I want to (laughs) pivot. And uh, for anybody that doesn't want to listen to us talk about One Direction, then uh, I will put down below where you can skip to. (laughs) But actually, what I actually wanted to ask you about that first was like, what's the first fandom that you ever read fan fiction for um and can you remember how you found fan fiction yes okay.
1: <laughs> which is probably not a good thing the first fandom I ever read fanfic in was uh it was RPF and it was for the Rasmus which is a Finnish rock band okay um I didn't know if fanfic was a thing but I was when I was about like I was about 12 or something which is, not a good age to be doing this but i was like 12 and i was on the internet um i think i'd just gotten like my first laptop so i was just on the internet um you know being a fan of this band that i uh that i adored and there were all these you know the internet was a lot less kind of centralized in those days you know you had a lots of like little fan websites and forums and things like that so i was on some fan website and i saw like this section that i didn't i didn't know what it was and i clicked over to it and it was like a you know it was a fanfic of like one of the one of the band members with just like this random character, and I read it and I was like, huh, like this is a thing, huh? And then I read, then I found a forum that was specifically just for the band for like fan fiction about the band. So I was on there for quite a while, and that was that was how I discovered
0: fan fiction. That was that. That was it for you. <laughs> yep, yep. That's so cool. Yeah, I love hearing how people got into it because I can't remember what the first ever fandom I read for, like I have some idea of what it might have but bo- the first one I read for might have been but I just can't I cannot 100% remember I know the first fandom I was properly big into was Kingdom Hearts but I think I ended up in that because I was like on uh is it DeviantArt that art website looking at like fan art for that to be and that's how I got in but it's like it annoys me that I can't remember for sure what the first one I ever read for was so it's it's great that you you can remember
1: <laughs> I, I don't remember my first like I don't remember when I started reading fanfic in English or what it was for mm-hmm. I'm assuming it was Harry Potter because that's that's most of what I read around that age yeah but I don't I'm not sure I I that's what I wonder because I didn't really read very much Harry Potter fan fiction
0: at all but I was hugely into Harry Potter when I was younger um and so I feel like I must have I feel like I should have discovered fan fiction as a result of harry potter even if i never read it really um but it's just yes it's 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 lost to my memory unfortunately (laughs) the the very first one so you said obviously that you you wrote for Three fandoms so that is the ones that you've got on AO3 so Glee was the first fandom that you wrote stuff for then.
1: Uh, it was in English um, In English okay yeah. yeah but before that I wrote in, in Slovak for a different not for that Finnish band for different Finnish bands because it was like a whole thing like Finnish bandom <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and so did you ever post any of that or did you post that on those forums and stuff that you were on yeah I had like a my own like blog um not like a tumblr blog but it was like a blogging website basically like a live journal type thing but for eastern europeans um so I, I used to post um there but I never wrote anything like really long the first really long thing I wrote was a 50k thing that I wrote for for glee and that was in english <laughs> god help me <laughs>
0: Wow. No, but that's so cool. So you, you that's yeah, it's really interesting that uh you got your start because you you obviously have the, the yeah, like added challenge of writing in a language that is not your first language. Mm. Um I feel like I sometimes can barely string <laughs> any words together in English and English is my my first language. So
1: I mean, it's become I've kind of lost the ability honestly to write in in my native language actually. Like I I don't have the same grasp of it anymore as I do with English because I write in English so much that I just am capable of doing things with it that I wouldn't be able to to do with my native language. I feel like okay, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. more of a challenge for me to like function day to day speaking something <laughs> that isn't English because my whole like head is in English, you know, internally. Is in English, yeah, yeah. yeah. I function that way, so it's just yeah, it's a struggle. To yeah, speak. especially
0: <laughs> if you over here and like did your degree in that language as well, makes it when you're if you've done that in, in English too, it must make it. Like, as you say, it's like, I've never thought about it like that, about it being almost like a different, uh, you learned the skill in English, like the writing skill kind of in English.
1: Yeah, and a lot of, yeah, like analysis and stuff like that. Like, I couldn't do that. Or, I mean, if I really tried, but it's so hard. Like, every time I really have to kind of focus up and actually speak in a way that isn't just like casual back and forth in my native language, it's it's such a struggle for me to like actually express myself because I'm I'm able, I'm capable of being more like, well, sophisticated. I'm not a sophisticated person, but I'm capable of being like more sophisticated and kind of more, um, more, more together. Generally speaking, in English than mm-hmm. than I am in Slovak. It's just yeah, it's hard. I only have room like for one like main language in my brain, and that is English. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah.
0: I I admire everybody who writes, and I very much admire people who have to write in a language that because I mean. I was I'm terrible with languages in general um I did a bit of French when I was at school and I cannot I cannot even imagine like having to learn to yeah to write properly in a different language I can say a few different words and phrases but it's not something that I I could I ever managed to get to get up and I I've I have the the luck of being born in a country that speaks English and so therefore I didn't have have to learn something else in order to be able to communicate with the wider world, I suppose. The other thing is, I was going to ask you is um, you wrote for Glee on AO3 and then after that your fic is for One Direction. As somebody who was also into One Direction, I wanted to ask you how you got into that fandom because it is, I feel like, a very particular fandom and a very strange <laughs> yeah. one at that, um, so yeah, I wanted to ask you how you got in into that. Uh,
1: well actually, I feel like I have the the story of how I got in is is not quite typical because usually it's the same like I was on YouTube and I saw one direction funny moments in the sidebar, and I clicked on that, and then you know then I was kind of in it. but I actually deliberately decided to join <laughs> like, okay, which certainly was a decision on my part i mean i didn't obviously I didn't 4 C the depth to which it would go. But I joined the One Direction fandom in like March of 2013. Um, And before that, I had been a Merlin blog primarily. I mean, I've always been like multi-fandom. I don't have like separate blogs for things, but I mostly blogged about Merlin. But Merlin, of course, ended in December um, 2012 um, and stampeded all over us. Um, And then there was, like, a fandom-wide rewatch event for a couple months, so that kept me, like, occupied. I made, like, gifts and things, and I watched the show, obviously. And then once that ended, I was at a bit of a loose end, you know? Because, like, what am I going to do? Because I had been through, like... A lot of the big fandoms, like I'd been in the Supernatural fandom and I did not want to go back there. And no offense to to everybody who's in the Supernatural fandom. Um, I'd been through like Doctor Who and I didn't want to go back there. So I was just like, what am I going to do? And I was aware of Larry, especially I was aware of One Direction in general, but I was especially aware that there was, there was like a Larry fandom. Um, so I found there was this blog that I don't think is online anymore. It was called Reasons Why Larry is com. <laughs> and they had these, they had these uh, master posts. Um, I think it was like a three part master post, and they were so massive. They were like embedded links and videos and stuff. They were so massive they had to open the master post and just go away from the computer for half an hour. And it would like oh, whirr yeah, it would like whir and blow so much air. It got so hot, but then eventually loaded, <laughs> and then you could go through the master post, and it was like so much material for like the past three years. And I went through that. And then I was like, then I realized that that it was, you know, people actually like believe them to be in a relationship. And that then I was, you know, I was like, this is intriguing. And then I followed some blogs and then it was the usual, like I followed some blogs. They were in the middle of a tour. So there was so much content every day. And it just, you know, you fell into it a little bit. 2013 was a time like that was, yeah. I feel like the the main
0: sort of time for it like that to then to 2015 sort of time. Yeah, yeah. So that's when I joined. <laughs> No, it's it's fun. It's interesting for me because I was uh, like I watched the season of the X Factor that they were mm. on, um, and um, it uh, it's actually my my siblings' fault that I got into it. As I say, they've got nothing to do with fandom whatsoever, and they probably don't even remember that it was their fault because they sent me they sent me some YouTube or they showed me some YouTube video that was like oh cute like Louis and Harry mm, moments or whatever yeah, that and I strange. was like and I remember being like what like they don't actually think they're together do they and my sibling was like oh I don't know it's just cute moments <laughs> that's it that was I mean I don't think actually I don't think I came back to I don't think I ever really like properly thought about it so much until like quite a bit later but it was always there in the back of my mind after that um and then I remember it would have been like yeah 2013 or maybe 2014 I forget which album it was that came out then, but I remember when that was all happening, then I was it was like the height of it, like just before the Bears got involved, yeah, basically. God, yeah. <laughs> which if you know, you know. And if you don't know, you'll be like, what? You don't want to know. You don't know, you don't want to know. So yeah, for me, I just think it's quite funny because I remember when I realized that uh, that you'd been in that fandom uh, like before and that that you're like, I guess a Louis girl for want of a better phrase of putting it maybe Um, or do you think you were you think that's an accurate or is that would you contest that
1: no i yeah i would i would say so i mean i remember i didn't have a favorite for like a while Mm -hmm. and then somebody this is i remember this so specifically for some reason somebody asked me what my favorite like who my favorite member was and i i went on the website you know like one piece the onesies (laughs) and they had one direction exclusive onesies (laughs) they had like a they had like a name of the member and like a handprint on like the back or here like on the chest oh, somewhere okay. yeah and they each had their own and i looked at this picture of Louie and his onesie and i was like i think he's my favorite <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what it was it was the, the i don't know the powerful gay energy like i don't know what spoke to me but i decided <laughs> then that lou is my favorite that is pretty much yeah persistent like i call myself a larry to this day which I have been hashtag exposed for on twitter a number of times <laughs> as if it doesn't as if you were hiding it like yeah. as if it doesn't say so like in my tumblr bio and on my yeah, airplane. exactly but, you know what can you do but yeah but i would i would say i'm more of a more of a, a, a louis person i'd say i just saw him live in march and it was delightful
0: i uh was very much like because because we watched the x factor and because before they were together as a band, it was like Harry and Liam. Because it was like which of these two boys is going to get through, uh, is going to get past the boot camp stage. So my family was like Harry uh, because we we thought he was the best. And so I was a Harry fan for a long time because because it started off that way effectively. Yeah. And literally hadn't even seen Louis or Niall like at all, basically, and only seen like Zayn a tiny bit, and because it was framed as being Liam versus Harry. Uh, and 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 I think it wasn't until I don't think it was probably until I actually started reading fan fiction that I because I'm definitely a Louis girl now and I like was the whole time I was reading the fan fiction but it's, it's funny for me um because I remember distinctly like when I was much younger when they were when the X Factor was still on and I remember being so disgruntled when Harry got sent home and I thought they were about to keep Liam and then they didn't keep Liam and I was like (laughs) hell's going on here they've like just sent home both of their like so it's a yeah it's I've been thinking about it because I because I knew we were gonna we might we might speak about it and I was like gosh there's so much I was like that fandom that was a time (laughs) like yeah like just totally so but yeah it's a a bit of nostalgia for me there
1: (laughs) yeah November 2015 especially was just like a time to be in the one direction fandom somebody asked me like the other day i reblogged a post about like have you ever skipped class and i was like mostly in my first year of uni that's because my first year of uni was the same same time as november 2015 <laughs> so oh my gosh i remember i had like a bullet journal and i had a i had a special like two-page spread just for their promo schedule for november 2015 around <laughs> oh, yeah, where made in the am the album came out which is a great album by the way go listen to it if you haven't um but yeah and they were on like jimmy fallon and all this american promo so i had to shift my entire schedule like i had to get up at four thirty to watch it live and it just, yeah that was a time
0: <laughs> practice for having to get up in the middle like having to exactly. stay up late to watch 9-1-1 exactly <laughs> like, well is it what is it like 2 or 3 a.m. for you probably
1: Yeah it's a uh, what is it actually I don't remember I think it's 2
0: It was it was 1 a.m. for me and then the time, the clocks like the then the summer british summertime started and it was 2 a.m. and I sometimes I just could not do it with work I couldn't stay up and I was always like devastated <laughs> And I had to ban myself from Tumblr for days so that I didn't get spoiled until I could like catch up if i if i'd not if I wasn't gonna be
1: able to watch it like that the next day sort of thing. yeah I really admire people who are able to like wait like i just i don't even i mean i I set it up so that I'm off work Mondays and Tuesdays, <laughs> that's because of nine one one um but e- even if I wasn't, I just don't know if I would be able to like i I don't know if I have that degree of self control I would rather just like not sleep, I think.
0: Yeah, I I can't, like, with my with my job, I wasn't, I just can't, like, and I have to be functional. Um, but before that, like, um, when I was still at university, uh, like, when Game of Thrones was airing, for example, then I used to get up at 5am so that I could watch it in the morning before I, like, went to uni, and it didn't matter how, how little sleep I got so much then. So <laughs> it was a bit of a, a different situation. I guess on that, um, before we kind of circle back, to nine one one, I wanted to ask if there was any other uh, shows or books or movies or fandoms that you are in at the moment, or if you are fully on the nine one one. Given that we're in a hiatus, is there anything else you're exploring in that gap?
1: No, not really. Um, unfortunately, I'm just like I. I once I tune in into a fandom, I'm just like in it. Yeah. I see people, I mean, Tumblr's been really quiet, obviously, because it, it is the hiatus. Yes.
0: I've been on Tumblr all the time and it's like a wasteland Yeah, it's
1: and- so quiet. And I mean, obviously I understand that like I rationally I understand that people go and like are interested in other things. Like a lot of people have been watching Stranger Things and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um but like emotionally, if I imagine like leaving Tumblr and doing something else, I'm just like, nah, <laughs> I'm I'm good here, you know. So I've been I've been very slowly rewatching season five, really, just doing that. But um, it is so emotionally devastating that it is taking me like a week per episode. It's a, it's
0: a hard season. It really, really is a hard season. And so you're obviously writing some stuff at the moment, and. Uh, I mentioned like earlier on in the beginning I was saying and you've mentioned it as well that you sometimes do some gift making and you also do um some of the sort of the poetry edits for them so where do you like how did you kind of get started with that? You obviously said you made gifts for Merlin and for other fandoms in the past um did you start with the poetry? edits with other fandoms or were they something more that came in with with nine one one?
1: oh no that was that was specifically a buddy thing because i was thinking about eddie and wild geese that's the first uh poetry like edit i made um before i finished like the underpression fake or anything because it's just such an eddie coded poem um and i literally i was just like i don't even know how gonna, how this is gonna look because i have like a, a retina computer and it's like difficult to know uh what anything you make on it will look like on other people's um screens. That's why I'm always really like hesitant making gifts and stuff because I don't even know if it's going to look good. Um but I was like I I have to you know it was like a powerful urge (laughs) to make this this edit for Eddie and Wild Geese. So that's how I got started. And then yeah obviously I have I have two English degrees so I like poetry. (laughs) So then I just and now anytime like I encounter poetry I'm just like how can I apply this? to buddy and then i save it i have an ongoing note for that as well um yeah if you're reading a poem you then find like the buddy sort of
0: aspects within that is that has there been situations i guess where you've where you're watching even maybe the show um or you're writing something yourself and you recall a poem that you've read in the past and it's like the other way around where the you sort of have them and then you think back to a poem or is it usually you read a poem and you sort of pick up on the buddy aspects while you're reading it
1: it's usually it's the first way around but it's it's mainly because i'm not super well read in poetry because i didn't take that many of the courses um during like my undergrad and i don't think my master's even offered any poetry because it was a state but um i i'm just not particularly like well read in it um i mostly most of what i read has have been like really long like epic poems like whitman and, and and the transcendentalists like in america and they you know those are like the kind of poems that you just have to, you forget what it was about <laughs> by the time you get to the end. Um, so it's more that I'm now discovering more poetry. And, and now I already have Buddy in my brain. So it's, yes. it's automatic. And they're always going to be on the brain. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I did think of, though, there's a... Um, a long poem um, called In Memoriam by um, Alfred Lord Tennyson, which is like this, this elegy for this man that he was allegedly not in love with, but we, we all know how that goes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was one where I thought, um, it wasn't necessarily I thought of a specific passage, but I thought, I bet if I reread this, it, I will, I will discover Buddy in it. And, and I did. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a beautiful bomb you as well. you see them everywhere now <laughs> it, everywhere i see i don't know i see i see pigeons on the street and i'm like oh it's so buddy coated <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> no but that's the pro I mean it's probably because I follow so many people on Tumblr that are all stuck in this same brain situation but I will read a Tumblr post and I'll be like oh my gosh yes that's so body coded and then I'll look at who's reblogged it and I'll look at what their tags are and I'll be like oh coded." <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm seeing this because somebody thinks it's bu- but occasionally somebody that I follow from like that I uh, followed before will reblog something and I'll be like this is so body coded and I'll be like and I'll assume that's why I'm seeing it. And then I'll look at who's reblogged it and what their tags are. And I'll be like, this is so body-coded <laughs> and I'm the first person, you know, like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm the first person to find this. But obviously not, but it's just there. Somebody, it's like, it's like when somebody tags something with a ship that's not your ship and you're like, or like a from a fandom you're not in, a ship you don't know. And you're like, no, this is body-coded <laughs> actually. I don't know what you think it is, but it's I can tell you right now. It's like, I'm casually into uh, Destiel and i will occasionally like see some something that's so painfully to me obviously Destiel. and then some and i'll go into the i'll go into the notes just to have a look just to be like everybody agrees with me like i'm like this can't be possibly about anything else and then you'll have it tagged with every other painful uh, <laughs> ship that ever existed and you'll be like oh there's actually there's loads of ships that must fit this kind of criteria but i feel like buddy is very particular
1: yeah yeah they're like they just have an energy, you know, because mm-hmm. it happened to me the other day. I was so proud of myself because I reblogged a post from a Captain America, I think, blog because I, I never unfollow people unless they like actually like piss me off or something. If they just change fandoms, they just continue to scroll past them. So I reblogged this this post from a Captain America blog that was like something about like, oh, um, I rolled over in the middle of the night and I told my husband, like, you're on my side. And he said always and went back to sleep. <laughs> i saw that one yeah i was the first person to reblog that saying buddy coded and then the entire dash reblogged it like not not from me but it came from me and then everybody was tagging in buddy code and i was so proud of myself <laughs>
0: <laughs> i saw that one yeah <laughs> it's like a it's a hive mind it's, it's it was buddy coded though it was well, no absolutely and but i i found that i find that uh, i like that about tumblr because as you say we got the the title Uh, for the first episode of season six. And it was like, it had been a wasteland on Tumblr. I felt like I was swimming around in there on myself. Nobody was there. And then literally we got that one, one whoever, whoever posted it first. And then everybody appeared. I was like, where have you all been? (laughs) Like what's going on? Like everybody popping out of the woodwork. So it is. It's a. I. 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 I don't. I said this in the last episode. There's no way. I. I love the show. I love the fanfic. But I do love being on Tumblr. I can't believe I stayed away from Tumblr for so long. Actually, I know. Like, same. I really enjoy it, and it is a nice. It's the having the community and having uh, the opportunity to do something a bit like this. So I have taken up a lot of your time, but before we sort of like round up, I wanted to circle back to nine one one to ask you what you're looking forward to or what you're hoping for from season six.
1: Oh, there's so many things um i know you said in the in the first episode right you said that you wanted maddie to get back together like asap immediately yeah and i'm like <laughs> and i'm like i'm the opposite i want oh, them. No. Oh no <laughs> no i mean i want obviously i want them to get back together like they they belong together but i really want just like a little bit of pining I just want like the silly kind of like you know that the scene in the hospital when they get up and they immediately hold hands that that made my chest hurt physically, and I want more of that you know I want more of like like same as like in season two and three because they kind of got together very quickly and then very slowly after you know after what happened with Doug, and all of that was just so. Sweet and it was so wonderful, and it was so kind of reaffirming of the fact that they belong together and they're, you know, each other's person. So, I would love to see a little bit like I think the mid season finale would be a perfect place for them to get back together, yeah. Um, because it's like Christmas, and Christmas always has like important madney plot points. So, I think I think that would be wonderful. And I just want them to, you know, I want to see a little bit of like, oh, they're basically going on dates with their daughter. And they're like, no, 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 we're just hanging out, you know, <laughs> like we're just friends. I'm being exasperated about them dating but not dating all over again. Because I mean, that conversation they had in the finale when Maddie was like, I want to go back to work, and she was like, Yeah, you can date other people. And he's like, What? You know, it's, it's just peak, peak Maddie fighting, and I want more of that. Yes. Um, yeah, and I'm really excited also for whatever the disaster is gonna be um oh yeah because i feel like i don't know if because i think they're starting filming maybe earlier than last year and obviously i don't know if it's because of that there's so many factors but like
0: mm-hmm. you know I'm,
1: I'm keeping like a little hope that maybe it's because it's like a complex thing um and also in one of the exit interviews i think after season five kristen said like that she she thinks the tsunami was like the best disaster they've done so that gives me like hope that you know they're maybe gonna do something on that scale again because the blackout wasn't necessarily you know like a big uh thing it was kind of, obviously, it was kind of underwhelming in the end. Um, so I'm really excited to see if they do really, like, if they really go big, Um because they're so good at really doing like the you know the disaster episodes even the earthquake which i feel like is really underrated the earthquake i think is amazing yeah, i think it's because the tsunami is such a yeah it overshadows it for
0: sure because the tsunami is such a thing and yeah because of like because of christopher being involved it
1: just like elevates it so the tsunami is just like a master stroke but the, the the earthquake is also really really great i mean all that the hen scenes in there and the way they oh, come yes. they come back for her, you know, when it's like Bobby and Chim disobeying orders and then Buck and Eddie get the rest of the people to come to save her and it's just wonderful. It's like one of those like typical like chills inducing moments, but I, I love it. Um so definitely that. And uh yeah. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing well I'm really looking forward to seeing like what they do with Eddie now. Obviously, I'm assuming he's going to be a little bit in the background probably for for a good portion of these first episodes at least. Cause obviously season five was like largely about him really yeah it's like um, his season yeah it was his season but i'm really excited to see you know where he goes from here like how he kind of develops because you know he's kind of shed the heaviest of the burdens but that like doesn't mean that he's you know done healing or kind of processing everything that's happened to him so i'm really curious to see how he is um and i'm also really curious to see if we're going to get the buck breakdown because we need to get the buck breakdown um and I saw I think it was literally earlier today that I saw, I don't know who it was, answering and ask about like how we need Buck to be in danger. And I agree. I think we're due for Buck to be in danger, frankly. And we I are. Think-
0: we are overdue. <laughs> overdue. Exactly. Completely overdue.
1: And I need I feel like we all need this like in our souls. I need to see Eddie lose his shit. Um because yes. Buck is in danger. Like we we deserve this. We have suffered. <laughs> and now, yes. now we deserve to see it. Um, so definitely that I also, and then it's like more like, like personal crack theories, but I feel like we're not quite done with like the whole children in danger thing because it was so loud last season. And we also got that conversation between the parents and five eleven, which felt like a giant like anvil with a picture of Buddy on it, like slamming into your face. Like it was so on the nose that I feel like that has to come back. And I feel like maybe, maybe that could be connected to Bug being in danger. I don't know. I obviously, I don't know how it would play out, but I just... Yeah. I want I want Buck to have a bad time so that he <laughs> so that he can then have a good time, you know? Like we just need you to suffer a little bit more, Buck. Just a little bit more. <laughs> he just he deserves to like feel some big emotions, you know, because he hasn't really all season. So
0: Yes. And this is the thing is a lot of the bad things that have happened to him have been, you know, like with the shooting. Well that's really it's something that happened to Eddie. That yes, he went through as well, but it wasn't him that got hurt and uh, and even with like the hostage situation, it was still like he was worried about that Eddie'd been shot again and things like that. So yeah, we're overdue. We're overdue some buck yeah. <laughs> some buck
1: pain. And I feel like it might be connected also. Obviously, a lot of people have been predicting like a Bobby kind of, maybe not a real storyline necessarily, but some kind of obviously Bobby storyline. Um, I think I talked about this on my blog at some point. I feel like it's going to be more connected to him being a firefighter because it feels, this is just a completely subjective like point of view, but it feels like they've been signaling that a little bit because we got that like bit of info where he's like, oh, he's a third generation or fourth generation firefighter, like legacy firefighter. And in the finale, you know, the fire truck came down with him hanging off of it, which is like, he's like symbolically, right? Pulling it out, literally. So I just feel like there's going to be something in there maybe about Bobby, maybe doubting his like position as the captain or maybe like wanting to retire or thinking he can't do the job anymore or something like that, which I feel like would be great Bobby material, but also would be good for Buck, you know, because he, yes, like that's his dad, <laughs> that's his captain dad, and uh, I don't think he's ready for him to not be like his captain. To be honest, no, I don't think Buck can take another person trying to
0: leave the fu- like yeah. to leave the one eighteen. He'd be like in full-on cling mode. He's just got like Jim's only really trust back. Eddie literally is just back. Buck will not cope if somebody else tries to go anywhere.
1: Yeah i'm really I'm, I'm i was wondering like this is literally just like wild speculation so i don't know why i'm saying this as something that i'm looking forward to when it won't happen but like but like i feel like it would be it would be amazing if like it if bobby wanted to retire because he thinks that he can't lead the team anymore or whatever you know based on like what happened with jonah etc yeah. um and then he talks to athena about it and then the result is that it's athena who realizes that actually she needs to quit her job because she needs to quit her job quit her job (laughs) Um, but like um you know i I think i think it would be really cool if she was helping him to kind of process his emotions about that and then and she was she was being kind of like no like all these reasons that you have they're made up reasons you know you you like you 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 do good work and like your team relies on you you're good for your team etc and then looked at her own job and was like Hmm, like may- maybe maybe i don't do this good work the same way that bobby does you know maybe like because we know that she she became a cop you know out of like a sense of justice yes and it would you know a lot of what happens on screen is not necessarily justice so i just i just think that would be cool it won't happen but athena needs to quit her job so
0: <laughs> well we can well we can hope we, we can, can <laughs> hope definitely we can live in a bit of hope and we'll just see it see how it goes. I, I almost thought they were maybe going to go down the Athena being unhappy route like towards the end of season five and then it didn't really turn out like that and I was like, oh, <laughs> but we'll see, we'll see. But yeah, I think I'm I'm interested to see what they're going to do with with Bobby because I do feel like it feels like they've been building up to something. Yeah, definitely. But as you say, I'm not sure that it's necessarily an actual relapse. So yeah, I'm wondering what, what it's
1: going to be and what they're going to do, so... So excited for the filming to start! I think by the time like this comes out, it will have started. Even so, good times. Yes, I think it's
0: going to be soon. So, no, once like once we start getting information, then I just. I get anxious like we get, <laughs> we get that title and I'm like oh my goodness let the games begin like you know just can't even like cope sort of thing.
1: I'm excited to be like guessing the disaster based on you know like the behind the scenes pictures that we get. Yes. Like we guessed the dispatch fire like way 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 before we actually got it confirmed and I just I, I want to be in that mode again. I love that.
0: <laughs> I really love the speculation that there's been so far that like kind of like exactly what we saw with um, well, really with season, like particularly with the tsunami though as well, and and also with the, with the earthquake as well, that like the first episode, you'll get the beginning of the disaster, but it's it'll then be episodes two and three. And so I loved all the speculation that came out about like, you know, fire, firehouse shenanigans yes. while Bobby's on holiday. Yes. I'm like, absolutely. I'm like, that sounds perfect. Please just... I'm like, if that's not what you're planning, write Change your screens, look on Tumblr, <laughs> decide this is what you're doing. Especially with a title like that. I'm like, absolutely. Well, the boss is away, they'll all
1: play. And then disaster at the end. Great. Perfect. So... No, exactly. I think, I mean, Kristen said in one of the interviews, that like she, they're just excited to have fun with their people again. So like, okay. perfect, you know, perfect opportunity. Like, even if it doesn't happen in the first episode, I really hope they do some, you know, some shenanigans, like... Yeah, in the vein of Jinx or treasure hunt or whatever. Yeah,
0: I want another like treasure hunt style episode. That that would be great. So before I let you go, since I've had you for <laughs> nearly oh, three years, I'm hours having so, a great time. <laughs> well, you no, know, this is the thing. Um, I wanted to ask if you had any recommendations that you wanted to give for particular fan works that or fan work creators that you would uh, recommend that listeners check out.
1: Mm, yeah, I have I made a I made a list and I deleted the list and then I made a list again. And then I deleted <laughs> the list again because there's so many, but um I know, it's so, it's so hard. <laughs> there's in particular um uh there is uh they, I think they started writing for one like only like a couple months ago. So I really want to give them a shout out because their fic is uh is amazing and I feel like a lot more people deserve to see it um their ao3 uh is fox watson um and they're on tumblr as uh eddie diaz's i believe um and there's a figure there's in particular that i'm obsessed with it's called always glad you came um which is a fic in which buck is a bartender in a gay bar that eddie goes to and eddie thinks buck is straight because he tells the patrons that he's straight, so they don't flirt with him. Ah, and it's just so, yeah. it's so, it's like peak idiots in love is wonderful. Um, I've read it like seven times. I'm obsessed with it. So, um, and everything else they write as well is, is really, really wonderful. Um, I love the, the way they conceive of the characters. So um, definitely recommend um, them. And also a longer fic that I feel like is really underappreciated um, is uh, Right on Time by Tucker Green on AO3 um they are on tumblr as hen wilson md i think um and it's like a longer it's a it's a post five a or post season five one of those uh it's an eddie focused trick of eddie kind of working through his stuff you know um and it's obviously i'm not gonna spoil it but there is like a little little twisty twist in there that um that i love uh dearly Ooh, okay uh, and i just reread it very recently and it's 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 still just as good it's one of those as you were talking about like it, it keeps the 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 magic so i definitely would recommend that oh, one excellent um and also because she's been uh very very supportive and lovely to me recently um morgan who is rewrite the ending on tumblr who writes as without the tiger on ao3 I mean everything, everything, everything she writes just like gives me the hard squeezies. Um <laughs> <she's> just wonderful, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful um fix. Um but especially and I keep going on about this fic uh to her and I'm 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 not sure if she appreciates it, but I'm gonna recommend it anyway. <laughs> um she has like an older um AU. It's called uh Sunday kind of love. Sunday isn't the ice cream, so S U N D A E. Um, which is an AU where they like meet on on the beach, uh, in this ice cream place and it's just so lovely (laughs) i feel like it's really really like underrated because it has like some like 300 kudos which is like obviously numbers aren't everything but i feel like that's that's like criminal um so Mm -hmm. definitely go read that fic is uh it's it's so great but also everything everything else also um she has a what is it called uh let me stay here a while i think which is like basically 17k of like the most tender sex you've ever read in your life (laughs) It's just very, it's a very explicit fic, obviously, but it's, it's also, it's kind of in a similar vein to, to The Unrepression Fic, actually, in that it's like Eddie kind of, she was writing it also at the same time as I was writing the coda to The Unrepression Fic. Um, Okay. It's it's about Eddie, Um, yeah, Eddie's kind of like sexual liberation specifically. And obviously with, with and it's just very kind of soft and, and, and and tender and nice. Um, And, oh, and, and last one. (laughs) Um, I mean everybody I feel like everybody knows Emma um, Clusterbuck on Tumblr um. yes <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm saying yes if I'm, as if I'm everybody but I absolutely <laughs> I think everybody absolutely know
0: Emma so. everybody or, or, on Tumblr, or on Tumblr she'll be like I don't know you but like I'm like well I follow you and read all your stuff and uh, lurk around on your Tumblr so. yeah that, that
1: counts as knowing um, <laughs> yeah. Emma, Emma Clusterbuck and she writes as Lay Corner Girl I don't know how to pronounce that but again probably everybody knows her um, but I am I am literally in love with her sorry am if you're listening to this um, but um, she has a fic that is like my favorite um, it's called um, The Voice Under All Silences which is like a friends with benefits uh, fic um, told over like a bunch of scenes but there is <laughs> there is specifically there is a sex scene sex scene in the I don't know how to pronounce it, it's either J-Ruck or Druck, one of those things um, for the uninitiated the Druck is a jeep truck he <laughs> <So it> has, <laughs> has the front of a jeep and the back of a truck and it is an abomination but there's a sex scene in one of those uh, which is an absolute delight um so I highly recommend that fic also and as well as everything else that Emma has written obviously um she's wonderful and I love her she's written so much
0: (laughs) it's hard to like recommend any one thing
1: yeah and she's also great like if you're sometimes when you're like you don't have a lot of time or like you don't want to invest a lot of like I don't know of yourself um into a fic and you just want something that's like that really hits right in like not that many words and she has a lot of kind of like fifteen hundred, two thousand word like fix that are just so satisfying. It's just like a like a really like a good piece of chocolate. Like you just have a little little nibble and then you can go on with your day. But if you just want something that's like quick to read but is really satisfying at the same time, I would also recommend Emma's pick. Yeah, yeah,
0: no, that's such a good way to describe it. Actually, like yeah, that you get that. That's that sort of that piece of chocolate that is exactly what you need. Like that nice dark good chocolate, just
1: really hits.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, thank you very much for that. And there's a there's a few on here that I I don't think I have read, which is probably because they are sitting in my. In fact, (laughs) particularly the Sunday kind of love. I know I've seen that fic. I know I haven't read it. I know that it is sitting in my buddy tab group along with another like a hundred fix that I put in there um, because I am I am I saw I think you reblogged maybe came out your queue on Tumblr today a post about how uh, opening fan fictions in another tab is its own hobby and I was like that is my hobby because I actually as you, I've said to you before I have yeah, a separate tab group. yeah yeah But I put your fix. <laughs> And then I have a body one where I put all the ones I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna get to, and it just takes me a while to get through it because there's so everybody's the fandom is so prolific as well. There's like always something new coming out, so um, I'm hoping that uh, for me this doing this is going to be a good project to like make sure that I prioritize um, reading some of the the fix that I've put that are that are not they're not brand new coming out now. There's the existing ones that I've been meaning to get to. So thank you very much for that that list of recommendations. That's great. But thank you so much for your time. Uh it's been amazing having you on. And I am absolutely thrilled to have you as the first guest on the podcast. So thank you so, so much.
1: I'm so excited to be on here. Am I gonna be like the first person like on the podcast actually? You are gonna be the first guest.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. You're gonna be the first guest. Um and I'm thrilled about that because as I say, I read I Don't Swim on the, I think literally on the first day that you posted it. So I feel like it's fitting that like uh, I read that fic so early on and that you're on here really early. So <laughs> not that I did anything when I read it. I just read it and put it in my bookmarks and thus started the, the ruination of my <laughs> bookmarks
1: system. Yeah, sorry about that.
0: <laughs> but no, thank you so much. Uh, I really, really appreciate you taking all the time for this
1: yeah thank you so much for having me this has been so much fun
0: (laughs) okay so that concludes episode two of dispatch as i mentioned i'll put everything down below in the show notes so if you want to check out these fan fictions that chris has recommended or if you want links to chris herself and her fan works they will all be in the show notes down below As always, I would appreciate any and all feedback you have for me so you can find dispatch's contact information, both our Tumblr and the email address down below as well. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.